Oh man, it's a good thing that no, we we never record our me singing the intro song. If we did, uh, yeah. the, I don't want that to get out. Yeah. People are gonna talk. Um, uh, top five <clears throat> movies. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have to agree on each sight entry. And sound, top five sights and sounds. Pool. Okay, all right. Sights, uh, the light of God, uh, sounds. Top five uh, sights. Top five sounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, top five right. smells the smell of god top obviously five, uh, mm-hmm. top top five beans. sites uh the the majesty of a sunrise uh, uh that's well, number i'd five. say web that's number five we're going up from there uh web number four web? uh websites websites uh, okay. okay uh i'm thinking dig sites dig site. i was oh. trying to get the dig site <laughs> uh dual mm-hmm. no job sites uh is which is you know mm-hmm. like that's kind of a it's kind of an upset honestly I, I expected dig sites to get over websites um, yeah. Then I'm it's a thinking they got beat out in the last half. I and then I'm thinking uh, Miracle of Birth, and then uh, when it <laughs> and pops, yellow half mustard. melted. That's number one. <laughs> oh, Final so cut. you're just on the show cut, to make yeah. you look good and all your friends look like shit. Hello, everyone, and welcome <laughs> to Please Don't Listen to This. Your life depends on it. The show where we do something different over. every single week. And this week, we watch the movie, deep, folks. <laughs> we, we really, we really, uh, the blade cuts to the bone. We watched the movie and we're going to talk about it. That's right. But all different movies, movies this yep. time. Uh, That's the new inventive idea behind this. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really changing <laughs> things up. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't done this before. In a couple weeks, anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, this is the first anyway, time we've done this this week. Uh, <laughs> we were uh, tasked to uh, dig into a director's history and uh, shovel out one of the uh, things that they are not famous for. And uh, because of that, uh, we all picked something different. We're all going to have uh, different experiences with it. But um, let me introduce who we have around the table today. We have uh, had to go door to door to secure funding for this episode. Alex, hello, that's me. <laughs> Could you spare some change, sir? Movie I'm trying to make the Evil Dead. Dentists. <laughs> <laughs> so there's so much teeth propaganda. In this yeah, movie. my zombie movie has a lot of teeth. It's because it's all we had. Yeah. <laughs> Is Tooth Boy in it? <laughs> Ooh, I nice. miss that guy. Tooth Boy. We have. Uh, Art yeah. film director who still does an American Express commercial, Cam. <laughs> uh, I do mine pretentiously, though. Thank you, it's in black and white. Yeah. Okay. Mine's in black and white and very, very symmetrical. It plays at the Super Bowl. It's rather good. It's a short film, not an yeah, advertisement. It's a film. It's not really an advertisement. Mm. It's just got product It's a film with a message. The message is go buy this, but <laughs> <laughs> it's a film. I stand behind the product. It's a short movie presented by Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, we're all gonna die. 
we have the the two for one deal of director Seb. <laughs> Uh yeah, I'm I'm the Wachowskis. I'm the Cone Brothers. I'm um, what's up with the that? They gotta pay brothers. both those guys. They paid they paid them half, I believe. For real? I'm pretty sure. The Daniels. I've thought about that about writing. Well, partners, your writing too. partners specifically, I think you do get you both half get of the salary. For real? I'm pretty sure. That's wild. I think. I mean, it's you, guild rules, right? Yeah. So you gotta you still have to go through that sort of thing. That's crazy. And uh, I am your host. Uh, the Already black and white film that people pretend to like, Nick. <laughs> Recolorize that shit, dude. Yeah, please. <laughs> I can't tell what color Mo from the Three Stooges shirt yeah. is. I can't watch it. How do I know it. it's blood if it's not red? It could be oil or mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah. It could be ketchup. Could be ketchup. Why, why I'd love so to be stabbed and mayonnaise came out. <laughs> it would happen. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the end to a Yo Mama <laughs> joke. Um, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Damn. So, Alex, uh, hello. Uh, this you asked us for our first segment to kind of give a little bit of a rundown on our history with the director we chose. Yeah, and that way we could get it done in like under thirty minutes. Yep, I didn't uh, have anything cute or clever to say for this first segment, so we're just going to talk about the directors that we chose and why we enjoy them. Just get some business out of it. So, yeah. Alex, you have one that takes the least effort to explain of all time. It's like, oh, yeah, some of the best filmmakers in the, oh, in the yeah. world. Yeah, the Brothers uh, Cohen. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> the people who nobody dislikes their movies. Like, nobody has, yeah. like, a, you know, it's not like you need to defend them to anyone. Yeah. I, I haven't, honestly, haven't gotten to enough of their filmography, I would say. I'm a big 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 Lebowski's fan. <laughs> oh, uh, big Lebowski. I'm a small big Lebowski. I'm a, I'm a large fan. Lebowski. Um, but I, you know, I also through this show we watched uh, Raising Arizona and Fargo, two movies and that Buster I also Shrugs. really enjoy. And oh for fuck! So that you weren't on, we watched Burn After Reading. Okay. And, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, damn. All right. We've covered most of their filmography. Um, all the good ones. No, but, they're all good. No, yeah. We're still missing A Serious Man and uh, and True man. Grit and uh, Miller's oh, I Crossing. I gotta watch True Grit. Oh, man. I True Grit's it, pretty good. And I was like, yeah. this um, is fine. No Country for Old Men is like the, yeah. the one for them. I think Absolutely. that's the one where people are like, oh, yeah, this is their best movie. These guys. And I like, I like that film a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm a Lebowski guy, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I think wow. that might be my favorite. I, I really like Fargo, though. There's nothing that gets that winter mood across as much as Fargo, Fargo to me. So I talked about um, this on the episode you were on, but sure, Burn After but... Reading is my favorite Coen's. Mm, it, if it you is. haven't seen that one. I haven't. I've watched it twice now. Since, if I watch it and I like it, we're going to have to do an episode on it, though. Oh, I'm sorry. You're going to have to <laughs> listen to the episode that hey, you already did. We're, t- we're trying for new ideas around the yeah. show. <laughs> do something doing that I was on the show is... for. <laughs> then we're doing... Um... No, no, no. I'm not going to do X-Men. I'm not going to do any of the other ones I missed. Oh, we should definitely do X-Men. What was that bug game? Hollow Knight. We should do Hollow Knight. We already did that. Well, yeah, you guys weren't on it for that one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I got it. It's insanely good, and I I got the true ending (laughs) since, like, since you guys, like, a week after you guys recorded that episode, I got the true ending on that game. That was me, Alex, and George? Yes, that's right. We talked about a lot of Metroidvanias. No, you didn't. You talked about two Metroidvanias, and then you kept going, is this one one of them? No. Is this <laughs> one one of them? no. That's one that I wasn't on, and I did listen to it. I, I like that one. That's good. Uh, yes, I enjoy the Coen brothers. I was interested in pursuing some of their earlier works, mostly because I, I might have laid this out last week when we were talking about this, but um, I enjoy a podcast, Blank Check, that goes through directors' filmographies. Uh, they're doing Sam Raimi right now, and um, they're directors that are very close to each other. They live together for a period. They've written on not each other's movies, but the Coen brothers have written for Raimi. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was like the genius house. Like who lived there? It was 
the Cohen brothers, Sam Raimi, Holly Hunter, yeah, and some one other one really other, famous, one other like <laughs> genius like level <laughs> film director. It was, it's uh, in Venture Brothers. They call that super crazy no way school. It's like no, you you all didn't go to college together. That doesn't make any yeah. fucking yeah. sense. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> how did that happen? What do you mean? <laughs> but yeah, so I was I've been intrigued about kind of the earlier scrappier side of people's very, like very famous people's movie careers, just because like. Uh, like Nick mentioned earlier on in the episode when he was introducing everyone, I like the idea that, oh, in order to get the Evil Dead made, they had to go door to door for funding or whatever. Mm-hmm. Any of these movies, they have an insane story where a bunch of dentists gave them money to make this. Yes. Like Cam uh, Blood Simple is a story like that. I don't know if yeah. you looked into it at all. They It was one where really. they did not have money to make it. They were like, here's the film. It's half done. And people were like, uh, yeah, this is pretty good. We'll give you money. It's like their hometown gave them money <laughs> yeah. to finish it. The locals are making a movie. Right, I'll look it up later. And now they're the, the fucking god kings of Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. No, they, I they love just that. just keep making good ones. I'm yeah. really into the idea of those humble beginnings. And um, Hidden Gem is such an overused term. But I like the idea of finding a movie that uh, I had not previously heard of that is from this very famous person who you know for plenty of movies. On and then check Burn After out. Reading episode, you can listen to Cam gradually get angry as he keeps trying to think of Cohen movies, and all he can come up with are ones about botched crimes. Yeah, he's like, they're he's all... like have they been making the same movie this whole time? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, I'm, I'm dipping my toe in blank check lately, and it is so fun to see, like, oh, this guy has been... The seeds were always there, you know? It's yeah. not like in an art class when you're, like, your early art, and you're like, oh, maybe I'll early try this, art. like... Doing fucking a film is a lot of goddamn work, so mm-hmm. it's not like people are just winging shit a lot of the times. It's like, I know how to do this, and I'm going to do it right and get it done. Yeah, and so. uh, they've been doing Raimi, and it is so fun to see him deploy his bag of tricks across the many various movies that he's made, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of which are very different tonally from what he does in sp- both Spider-Man and Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, that's not the story for this week. Uh, we're, this week mm-hmm. we're talking about the Coens, and I think I'll pass it to anyone else. Yeah, who has Cam, another director uh, they Wes Anderson yeah. is, I think, I'm going to say this, one of your favorite directors, despite you only having seen two of his movies, because you just like those ones a lot. Um, yeah, so I've seen Fantastic Mr. Fox, Great I've movie. seen The Darjean Limited, and I've seen Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest. Uh, I haven't seen Life Aquatic, I haven't seen... Moonrise Kingdom, Moonrise or, Kingdom. Uh, and I would recommend oh, Royal Boy Tenenbaums. Scout it's really yeah. Really I was good. gonna watch Royal Tenenbaums, um, but yeah, I haven't seen a lot of it. I, sh- I was, should just watch them. I did see the French <laughs> Dispatch recently, and I'm like, that's what sparked me watching what I did. I watched Bottle Rocket, and I was like, mm-hmm. damn, I should just be watching this guy's movies. I like his style so mm-hmm. much because he does his, like a, his hallmark is his style. Because exactly, yeah. He's like, oh. In a movie, if you have the director, if you're the director, you can control every aspect of it to make it like a little dollhouse if you want. Yep. And he does. Boy, so little he does. dollhouse is almost <laughs> the perfect way to describe a Wes Anderson movie. It's like, oh, he makes his in French in the French Dispatch. There's a scene where like literally a guy, a waiter. I don't know. He loves waiters and busboys too. Mm-hmm. Like is going up a bunch of stairs to get to the top to deliver something, and you're looking at the house from the outside, watching him just through windows like mm-hmm. go up. Yeah, but he's just, I really like his particularness, and I'm a sucker for a very symmetrical-looking thing, so (laughs) he loves doing that, just Mm -hmm. straight on, like, no angle at all. You never see the sides of buildings in Wes Anderson movies. It's always the front only. (laughs) Um, And, of course, he made a a movie about a hotel, so I was all in on that. 
a hotel with a heavy pastry influence. Mm-hmm. So really, I, I love that, that movie, dude. Uh, you know, yeah, you good. know what I thought I should was, uh, it this again. is another classic. Uh, you know, Nick puts on a movie without telling Emily what it is, and uh, I love it, and she hates it, kind of thing. Really, Grand <laughs> yeah. Budapest? I, I thought she was gonna like it. I thought she's because you know, it's not like she hates the director or anything. We watched. Uh, she likes Royal Tenenbaums when we watched that together. I but, can really see Wes Anderson. I'm sorry, did I cut you off? If no. you want to finish that, okay. Wes Anderson. I can definitely see him being polarizing because he's doing his little tweet thing. Yeah, yep. yeah. So that's, and that's something see, that I see a lot of. He's the first that director a... that, like, you watch one of his movies and you're like, what does this guy look like? And you're like, that's oh! exactly what I thought he looked like. <laughs> does he have a funny mustache? Does he perhaps wear a bow tie? He doesn't have a funny mustache but I, because he can't grow it, I assume. Like, yes, he is he a would. very pale, Bob Mackie looking, <laughs> long yeah. hair, middle part. Twi- uh, tweed suit, oh, elbow yeah. patches, skinny nose, as a twig, skinny loafers, uh, ankles uh, like high Cam, socks. Uh, in, I don't know if I, I don't yeah. think I already showed it to you. Did I show you? Did I show you that commercially did for American Express? No, it's I really, did, really I kind of knew. We're gonna we're gonna pull it up. Um, <laughs> uh, in between, like I'm gonna do that on, on during the break because I think you'll get a huge kick out of it. But, yeah, um, I'm a big mise en scene guy. Yeah. Like just like oh, this You're looks close. nice. <laughs> mise en scene. Whatever. I'm an American. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's Wes Anderson. He's on scene right now. I think. I don't think. I, he might be Canadian is my guess. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah. Or Midwest. But yeah, I just like the like, wow, that looks really, that's really good to look at. So, mm-hmm. and his stories are not plot driven, usually about some sign of heist and very, he good comedy and he has his like group of actors that he loves and I love all those actors. So. Mm-hmm. Jason Schwartzman, Owen Wilson, yeah, Bill Murray. Lo- love it Bill when Murray. a director has a like a signature group of guys. The guys, the yeah. guys are always in the movie, and yeah. Willem Dafoe he likes too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who doesn't? I, like that? I heavily respect uh, Nolan, even if I don't like. I like I respect Nolan for his group, like his guys. Where he's like, oh, I got to get Michael Caine in this movie. Yeah, like, of Michael course. Caine is ninety. Why do you <laughs> yeah, got to get him in this Leave movie? Leave him alone. <laughs> Michael Caine is great. But yeah, he is great. He is on all of those. <laughs> uh, a big thing in the uh, Raimi season of Blank Check right now is his love for Bruce Campbell. Oh course. yeah. Well, I mean, if I was friends with Bruce Campbell, I would also put him in. They like went movie. to that high school together. That guy is a, a live action yeah. Looney Tune. Yeah. But Bruce Campbell had to tell him stop. You Stop making me, me the lead movie. of your movie. This is going to tank your yeah, career. Had, <laughs> you can't keep putting me in He had his friend's movie. best interest in mind, and it's great. Yeah, it's, it's like, adorable. please cast someone else as the lead. I will still be in all of your movies because yeah. I'm your friend. But yeah. yeah, and now he still is doing a bit part in all yeah. of it. so funny. He's beating himself up in the latest Marvel flick. Wow. <laughs> Plays Galactus. Just check it out. <sighs> I'm God, not I checking. wish that was true. <laughs> I'm, not I'm not checking, so I'm going to believe that. And I'm still not going uh, to watch uh, Doctor Strange. Yes, you gotta watch it. All right. I've heard it's Seb, different and good. Mm, I have different. The are some are uh, I was a pair of directors who, <laughs> even though you're not a, a huge live action film person in general, yeah. I know that you have uh, enjoyed quite a bit, of, quite a few things from them. Yeah, um, I had accidentally already seen like half of their filmography because they they haven't done that much they've done like a little over what 10 something like yeah so you've got the 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 matrix trilogy the three matrix movies uh, bound Um, jupiter ascending uh jupiter ascending speed racer aren't there four matrix movies did they not do one of them no, no, sorry. There are four Matrix They've movies. They've done I was just since eight. Which well, we were going in order. Series. I think yes. we were thinking, oh, okay. you know, from the first three Matrix movies forward. <laughs> and then Lana yeah. did um, the new Matrix movie, yeah. right. Resurrections. So or the ones I hadn't Lana. seen were Bound, Cloud, Cloud Atlas, and Jupiter Sending. Oh, Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas is a fun, <laughs> weird movie. I'm, 
Okay, I say fun. I don't know if I want to describe fun to everyone because it's not like the tone is like jaunty, happy kind of thing. I've heard it's really polarizing. Yes, but, but I think the... that that to me shows why it's cool. Like uh, what the Wachowskis are always uh, stood out to me is willing to make a decision that nobody else would because yeah. it, they think it's cool. And, and like I this mean, movie hey, that I watched is yeah. like absolutely Speed, an example of that. <laughs> Speed Racer we had did for the oh, show. Yeah, Speed oh, Racer yeah, is right. one of my favorite movies of all time. Even mm. if I had no no connection to the original anime, which as we just established on the show, we love. Yep. By the way, I think that's another all time great of the show is our Speed Racer episode. If only for the amount we talk another about the GRX do two on things that episode. episode. The GRX, yeah. <laughs> do two things. And then not being able to drink water while driving. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, uh, and uh, the the yeah, you I, just have a little. I have your brother. Little little does Cam know Nick. Is his brother uh, who <laughs> yeah. ran away from home? Racer Nick. <laughs> um, yeah, that one. Uh, I, I respected them for doing the Speed Racer movie at the time that they did, and not making it like grim, dark, and shit like that, because that's what that's everybody what, was yeah, fucking doing. At they from them. So like, the, the, the Matrix they, they were like, is no, 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 no. this is live is action, but it's still a cartoon. Real. Uh, but they're like, yeah. okay, no. What we want to do with the Ma- with uh, Speed Racer is we're going to pioneer uh, an extremely like like painful to look at but very cool visual effect where the mm. foreground and background are in focus at the same time yeah. to make it look like animation and they're and everyone's like why are you doing that it's so expensive and it hurts to look at and they're like this is what it's it cool like. <laughs> it's cool. And it is cool i like it yeah yeah I, I like the wachowskis um like i'm not i don't follow directors really like if a movie's good a movie's good i don't care who the, the director is a director can make a good movie or a bad movie no matter who they are oh definitely um so, but it can benefit you if you like a person's style to be like, yeah, oh, yeah that that too. But um, it's guy. fun to watch the uh, artistic that arc of of but, uh, somebody through a career. So a, a lot of the the directors who I've watched most or all of their photo- filmography are like Disney directors because mm-hmm. I've Musker seen and Clemens. I thought about maybe yeah, uh, yeah. trying yeah. to so find like, oh, yeah, like people who did must have seen all of those movies already though. Yeah, I've, I, I've, I've seen, seen all of their yeah, movies. I've seen all the Disney Renaissance movies. <laughs> yeah. And Treasure Planet and Brother Bear yeah. and all that. And I've it's seen... Like, like the deepest cut for Musker and Clemens is The Great Mouse Detective, I think. And that's yeah. a movie that people like and have seen. Oh, yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not yeah. exactly like... Yeah, that's like... I yeah, think that like might be their most obscure Except movie. for like sequels, but that, that wasn't yeah. done by them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've seen most of the Pixar movies. So I've got John Lasseter down. Not that I... Mm. He's, he's like, and those movies have a oh, lot it of. Been fun to do um, Brad Bird for this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, but does but he even have a deep? Cut? Blank check did a Brad Bird series. Actually, I haven't he gone did, through it. What Incredibles, but... Ratatouille, uh, Iron Giant. Uh, I know on some of the there was like a a Pixar. Um, he did shorts. one of Mission Impossibles. He did yeah. uh, Rogue, oh, Rogue wow. uh, DVD where it had like no, student films. No, that's the Star Wars game one. <laughs> he did do it though. <laughs> he did do um, Rogue Squadron. But yeah, crazy. So, so I didn't I didn't want to do those guys because they don't have that many deep cuts. They like they start out they get out of Berkeley or whatever. Yeah, and then um, they start making movies for they, Disney. Yeah, they get they get out of like Cal Arts and they go to Disney immediately because yeah. they just like handpick people there's, from there. There's nothing to look for. Yeah, there. The, yeah. There's like, all right, they you, did not you have do to some go door storyboards, to door. and nope. then after like a while, they're directing. Yeah. Um. So there was really nothing to look for there. So uh, Nick suggested I do Wachowskis, and you did what? I I actually like them. I like them as people. I like them as directors, even yeah. though I haven't seen all of their other filmography. Um. So I decided to watch Bound. Um, but I like them because they just do whatever the fuck they want, like <laughs> mm-hmm. every single time. And even though the the Matrix movies might have fallen under, you know, pressure in the second two for, you know, 
like we got to make everybody like this we this is a big cash cow or whatever i um, think that the fact that people still shit on those two movies proves that they made bold artistic decisions i in there. fucking loved yeah. those yeah <laughs> i saw two and three i was like it's fucking when we wrong. i I think like, like check out our Matrix Four episode one. if you haven't. Yeah. We have I, a lot, I mean, a lot to say about those movies. Yeah, the, like, the end of the third one is is definitely like, who else would have like decided? Oh, they don't really actually win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after yeah. all that that huge journey, it's a big yeah, move. He like, dies. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they die. <laughs> yeah, like, and that's how we they're like, do it. well, no, everybody gets to stay in the Matrix because what else are we gonna do? Yeah, you know, um, but uh, yeah, they just do whatever they want, and I. I really love that about them. And a lot of their movies end up being about um, their, you know, even if they didn't know it at the time, especially in, in Bound, um, they, they definitely have a lot of stuff about identity and, you know, making your own destiny, um, stuff like that. Like being in a different body, waking up in a new world, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like they did Some very sense relatable eight. themes, I yeah. think. Yeah. No, like they did Sense 8, which is basically a bunch of people who are like psychically connected yeah. mm-hmm. with like other other people. And they, they did Sense 8? Yeah. I didn't own. know that. Yeah. Um, I haven't watched it, but I, I know the basic synopsis but i so oh, they were pretty good there was, i like sense um, quite a bit yeah and I, then apparently it got a season two i think i never watched it beyond that it had a good ending i, think so. it at least had two I don't think they both did the second season i was looking at oh, that. okay i think well, only one of them did miss it <laughs> um, it's okay if you liked um, it maybe you would I, I didn't watch it um and then uh speed racer seems like an outlier there because they were like i like speed racer let's do speed racer yeah, that, yeah. that's it like well, that's they just the do like, what they like you, and what they want you got all the money in the world from matrix trilogy what do you want to do now? It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to do Speed Racer. Obviously, of course we're going to do Speed Racer. Why wouldn't we yeah. do Speed they, Racer? They seem very in touch with themselves, both of them. Like, not just in, in, like, because they're trans, but because they're like, I like this as a kid, and this is what my kid self would like, so mm-hmm. I'm going to do what my kid self would like. Yeah, and yeah, I think I'm going to make the movies I want to see. Same with the Matrix and trilogy, exactly because they're like, this is like cool, and I'm going to do that. The thing that I've noticed with the Wachowskis <laughs> and, like, the, 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 the discussion around them is that... Ten years after the movie comes out, everyone reappraises it, and it's like, actually, this movie is fucking yep. incredible. <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a curve. It's like clockwork. <laughs> yeah, that's no, a good so loop to be I, on. I wonder if it will be the exact same for uh, Matrix Four. I mean, lots of people already like so. it now. Yeah. We yeah. liked it now. Yep. Yeah, but there are plenty of people who are like, this sucked, and I hated it, and I think it's well, stupid. I was thinking and about think- this. Um, and a lot of people took away from the Matrix itself something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not just the right wing chuds. Uh, that's, you know, well, that's one thing I'm talking about. I'm like, okay. the fact that the term red pill yeah. came from these two very progressive trans directors, uh-huh. like, like not them, but their mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Uh, fucking sucks mm-hmm. well i don't think it has anything to do it's just about no, it seeing the truth them, it's just yeah. like yeah. a pop culture term but mm-hmm. people say red pill because they're into conspiracy theories yeah but what they right. don't know is the red pill is estrogen <laughs> right. exactly uh, i i'm sorry that's i, I like to formally apologize to our listeners for reusing a joke because uh i i think two weeks ago oh, i would never I said, apologize i said that, that. The, i said that the pill from movie. limitless was estrogen <laughs> <laughs> and i, I would just like to say that i can't i can't say this every time there's a pill in something you're just trans them now <laughs> um yeah no i i really respect them for that and um nick thank you for like suggesting the wachowskis yeah, because i had idea. no idea who else, like i considered i was like i've seen a lot of burton but i don't think he's like a guy i really respect like he's Blank just like burton what's yep. an early burton yeah, did. Did, did you um, watch Frank any of no i didn't go along with that I've seen really the first i watched Weenie. batman of course but there's the first frank frank and weenie which is live action which i've seen what yeah. yeah, he well, did that. That was like his a student film or something. Oh, yeah. I didn't know and that. then he remade it um, as a cartoon. So I've already yeah. seen That's his cool. deep, deep cut, mm-hmm. and then I've seen the remake of it. We um, 
I think you were, I think that was uh, something that you and I did together, Cam. We were, when our family went to the MoMA and they had a big, a huge exhibit. Yeah, on that him. was Dude! so cool. Yeah. I yeah. was, okay, so I was at the MoMA when they were preparing for that. Oh, you missed <laughs> oh, it? No. I fucking missed it. Hey, that's not, Cam and I were there uh, when Disney was building Avatar Land, but never when it was oh, actually man. done. <laughs> There's only two rides. Okay. One of them is yeah. our, one of them's bad. The other one's pretty they had, good. They had like the entrance was built. They had mm-hmm. like I forgot what it was. It, it was like a I don't know. It, it, was, it was like some, a very like cartoonish uh, and, and like hard Burton hard pencil course. lines thing. Yeah. Well, I remember it being um, very tasteful I, uh, and normal. The, the director I uh, chose is the good version of Tim Burton, David Lynch, uh, <laughs> and uh, he uh, like like Tim Burton. I mean, David not Lynch. debatable that he's good, but debatable that he's a oh, it, oh, oh, it is debatable that he's good. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't you <laughs> all right, worry. All right, all right. Hold on. That, this, this, this can be saved for the second segment. But yeah. um, but uh, why, the reason I said that is because uh, they both love to do the whole thing of like, oh, um, uh, you know, it's like here's the, the version of America that's in an advertisement, and here's what it's really like. Except for Tim Burton, the, okay. ver- the thing that's behind the ver- the advertisement that everyone likes is actually it's the it's good. It's pin- <laughs> yeah, it's pinstripes. Yeah, here's a here's a here's a dark people. weird person being introduced to this idyllic uh, advertisement he suburb town, and then uh, mm-hmm. and then all the you. suburb people are like, mm, he's a little weird, but it's good. I don't mind it. Yeah, Yeah, this is fine. I don't really have a problem with it. He has redeemable qualities. Yeah. (laughs) Where it's like the idea that there might be darkness behind, like, not even just like an advertisement, because obviously, of course, but like any kind of like uh, societal front that we put up cannot exist without darkness. You think there's darkness behind Wes Anderson's Capital One advertisement? (laughs) (laughs) Um, The American Express advertisement? Yeah, yeah, Uh, I think think it might. I think there might be. The darkness in in Tim Burton movies is is more of an aesthetic. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's we're, not. We're not it's like not a, it's not actually rot. No like society is actually just using that as a springboard. To, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just I'm just saying. Like I, I think Burton doesn't have a lot of like hot takes like mm-hmm. yeah. David Lynch does. He doesn't so. really have a take on anything. I don't yeah, know. he's I think just he just like, likes to draw. Just like, yeah, he just likes to draw. He's like, <laughs> he's like checkerboard I'm going to draw rules. a spooky guy and I'm yeah. going to make a movie out of the spooky guy. He's got and that's long, fine. thin legs. Ooh. <laughs> he's <laughs> pale. He's <laughs> pale. Just like me. Uh, but like uh, Lynch was a director that I, I only came to way later on. Like I... Um, had seen the elephant man in school and I liked it, but I didn't, it didn't like even click to me like that. There was like any artistic intent there at all. I was just like, wow, this guy's weird. Wow, it's fucked up that that happened to that guy. <laughs> that was me watching enemy, which we're definitely doing for the show. At some point. <laughs> but, um, uh, then way later on, uh, well, you got Mulholland like, pilled at some yes, point, yeah, right? Exactly. So oh, yeah. the reason I got Mulholland pilled was because it was in a list of like scariest movies. I was like, yeah. I, I like couldn't get fucked up on regular horror movies anymore. I'm like, yeah, I you need this the strongest. Is the sour, this is the sour ball from last <laughs> week. Yeah, do you have any of those? <laughs> I do actually. But Alex is getting a rash. He has not one movie. I need some. I need my fix, baby. Uh, I, um, uh, I, I was ha- I really enjoyed the feeling like i you know we never really watched horror movies much as as kids or teenagers so once i did start getting into them I'm like wow i really like the feeling of, of tension and being scared i want to find but like now i feel like I'm, that's the better version of like people who don't ever like they're never able to watch anime as a teenager and then they like only watch like we weren't really Hentai forbidden we just shit. didn't do it yeah like no, 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 yeah no, it's no, so I mean, weird like, people who are forbidden from it. something and then they yeah. they get Seb is describing my adventure through the through <laughs> discovering <laughs> anime no yeah. no i don't think i was thinking more like the... drugs and alcohol yeah. Or something yeah. Like that. yeah that too yeah <laughs> 
how like you know uh, <laughs> no how, Seb's first thought was Amish hentai. teens overdose immediately the, <laughs> no, the second like, they get they the chance. No, like then they just get into like big booby isekai. Okay. Anyway, our parents so, never uh, let us watch so hentai. I, ca- I was looking <laughs> now for we're crazy more though. and more <laughs> things that could scare me, and I was having trouble finding a movie that I could find like really scary. And there are a couple uh, that I still haven't crossed off the list that are supposedly the most fucked up movies ever. I haven't seen Lake Mungo yet, which I heard is like really scary. Mm. Um, Have you seen the Serbian film? Notorious basically snuff movie? No, I haven't seen that, but I don't think I would get the same feeling from that. I don't think... You, you know, I don't think the movie where somebody just gets shot in the head on camera mm, is, it's is scary, the bro. <laughs> yeah, in a way, I it suppose really you're killed correct. that guy. But um, no, somebody was like, yeah, this director uh, does like really scary stuff, but it's they're not horror movies. And I'm like, okay, well, that sounds kind of interesting. And I watched uh, Mulholland Drive, and that was my first mm. uh, Lynch film where I was like watching it with the intent uh, to like actually to enjoy it, it as yeah cinema. to view to view it as an artistic piece. And, <laughs> not, um, watch and you Lost watched Highway it on your phone, right? It's got all those nice yeah. oh, Lost it. Highway has some really really great stuff in there. Um, but um, you watched this on your phone, you. right? <laughs> <laughs> I watched it on my laptop in bed. Thank oh, you. Mm. The way that David Lynch would have wanted. Just kidding. You would execute me for that. But uh, no, um, I, I watched Mulholland Drive and I'm like, like, oh my God. Like, I loved the experience. There are certain films to me like where that give me the experience of something I can't get in reality. And the first mm-hmm. time I ever remember feeling that was with Spirited Away. Oh, yeah. When I watched that movie for the first time, I'm like, I am being shown a possibility that I didn't know was available and I that that like uh-huh. really stuck with me forever. And I had that feeling a couple more times but I remember having that feeling while I was watching Mahal and Drive I'm like this is like living in a dream and not being able to wake up from yeah. it. This is so surreal and ethereal and and interesting and then we of course get to the scene that i never stop fucking talking yeah. about and i'm like oh it's in the it diner can, and it can give me the, the the tension and and scariness too yeah so that like is what was what drew me to him as a director from then on and i still haven't seen all of his movies and he's not like he if if we count like the short films he's made he has like a fucking hundred of them but his <laughs> actual feature length movies there's only uh 12 yeah and um I've seen, I want to say, half of them. That's Can't, still more than I expected. Yeah. Mm. Um, One of his movies, it's a big, it's a big ask um, mentally. I yes, think. Yes. It, it can be an he can be an exhausting long, filmmaker yeah. no, as much I, as I respect I, him. I totally agree with you. <laughs> I totally agree with you. And that's uh, like it's he's someone who really expects attention from you. Yes. Because he is not willing to give up quarter to the audience he is like here's what is here uh what is literally happening happening in my film isn't as important as the emotion it makes you feel yeah which is why i'm going to overload you with he that won't make it easier to watch time. for you the viewer he yes. expects you to come to it yeah yes. absolutely it's no, not gonna go no to you concern for you as yeah. which is why i mean twin peaks was such a big hit as a tv series because it was the you know the artistic power of lynch combined with the, the artistic uh, power of lynch. yeah which i want to say is the reality guy mark frost to be yeah, like yeah, yeah what if these what if these two characters were in love with each other what if it was like a soap opera what but if, we also get to do your yeah, trippy shit yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. one guy who's too earnest and one guy who's not earnest at all <laughs> yeah. and so then when uh lynch leaves and you see the like part that's only mark frost you're like hey this show hey fucking wait a sucks. minute <laughs> <laughs> and he's like Mark Frost is trying to do Lynch stuff he's like no 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 I can do weird I can do weird and it's like mm, sorry buddy yeah, it's like people are turning yeah. into furniture and shit and it's like that's not that's not what uh, we would Good want God. but anyway I was like a purpose, not I yeah I uh, really like his uh, directorial style 
because of the kind of feeling of tension and surprise. I'm genuinely not sure what I am going to get. And I like the feeling of... And it could uh, be anything. Yes, it could be anything. <laughs> I like the feeling of an open possibility space. And that is yeah. something that I get when I uh, go with the uh, Lynch films. I, I agree. And, uh, I enjoy his and, uh, also he is, he is a weirdo. And I don't I, know I if like I've seen it. a single Lynch film. Yes, you have. We watched Dune. What the fuck? Are you oh, Dune. <laughs> the the oh, one that the Dune. one that is uh, <laughs> the one that was his giant failure. That he's like, I, I hated this movie. <laughs> that's, uh, okay, so and, that's all I've seen. Well, <laughs> it's it's funny though because I still think you get a lot of the things from there. You get his love of Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah. You get his. Uh, well, he his, was in another film with Lynch he, before. He's that. in he's in tons of them. Yeah. He's, no, yeah. before Dune. But before yes. Dune. Okay. He's, Wait, you no, also get his. Dune. Yeah. Um, no, because Blue Velvet's after Dune. I think there's another one. His only two films before Dune were Eraserhead and Elephant Man, and Kyle MacLachlan wasn't in either of those. No, he plays the baby in Eraserhead. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have you know, Kim, that I rewatched Eraserhead to get into like a a space for this episode, and um, I was looking at like trivia, and they uh, they're like. Lynch has never revealed how he did the effect for uh, the baby in a razor head. It was real. And he won't tell anyone. It must have been real. (laughs) And at first, I'm like, I didn't think about it because I was like, oh, well, obviously it was a puppet. And then I'm like watching the movie again. I'm like, is is that a puppet? Is that guy guy real? Is real? real Yeah. Well, I'm like, is it is it stop is it a stop motion it's thing? Real. Is it? A- he really got, he really got one. Yeah. No, no, I'm a little worried. So, can't, can't say it about just, it. just so you know, um, we talk about David Lynch so much on this podcast, or just mm-hmm. in general, that um, YouTube has started giving me recommendations of just like <laughs> oh, his YouTube David channel. Lynch. Yeah. No, it, it like gave me like a it's compilation a Friday, of um, once again David Lynch degrees. being a madman for five minutes or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. Where it was just like a tribute to how weird he is. But it was uh, like a loving tribute, and I was funny. just like, "Oh." Have you seen that one where he's on the set of I think Elephant Man, or maybe it's Twin Peaks season three or something? I think it's three because he has his all white hair. Mm-hmm. How long has his hair been all white? He was really born in the forties. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Right, anyway, so he's like shaving this big he's piece like of styrofoam, and it's like goes on. It's all like these that. different cuts, uh-huh. and they're like all, all these different people are walking over. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm ma- I gotta make this. <laughs> he's like shaving this piece of styrofoam down. And then it just at the end it shows him and it's just like basically holding a big dildo. And he's like, "Well, <laughs> I guess it didn't work." <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, right. Apparently, so, stupid. so uh, apparently, um, on on the set of something and I forget which set this was, um, one of the other actors would call Kyle McLaughlin um, uh-huh. Kale. Um, so now David Lynch calls him that. So you'll see him behind scenes, like being recorded behind scenes, calling Kyle McLaughlin Kale. <laughs> I think he's a guy he... I truly love. But if I were ever had to be around him, especially to do a job, I would hate his. Yeah. Oh yeah. His guts so much. <laughs> <laughs> it seems impossible. He's, he tell... seems abusive on set in a mental way, not in a like. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell. Uh, I'll tell some. Stuff not in about a Kubrick that, way. I, I read. Uh, yep. I was reading some of uh, the the book about him, which has excerpts from him and written not by him. So it's like mm. they, you get both perspectives in an interesting way. Um, but I'll talk about that in the second segment. Yeah, let's we'll take a, let's that. take a brief break and then come back with our deep deep cuts. When my kids were real little, I used to play a game with them. I'd give each one of them a stick, and I'd say, "You break that." Of course, they could, real easy. Then I'd say, "Tie them sticks in a bundle." try to break that of course they couldn't then i'd say that bundle that's family rose darling 
I've got to go see Lyle. Crime and Neto and Salvin, and he's driving his lawnmower. What are you setting out to do here? Alvin, you're going to get blown right off the rope. You'll never make it, Francois. Neither will you. Unless my calculations are incorrect, the data processor... Where'd you get that pen? This? Sophia gave it to me. It's just a ballpoint pen. Why is it blinking? I don't know. Boom! Francois! Cut! 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 Not enough smoke and the snow was too loud. We'll go again right away. I've blown up buildings, hunted sharks, crashed airplanes, and flown helicopters. Anyway, American Express commercial. Here we go. Can I get my snack? You're eating it. Making movies. How do you do it? What's it like? Let me just tell these guys one thing. It sounds fake. Why would I put on a hat if my best friend just got blown right I'm telling you. I'm telling you it sounds fake. First, think up a good story. I would like to ask you something. Can I the daughter of the man who loaned us the sports car? Okay. Is that the geisha? Looks good. She was right here. You want have her? What happened? Two, how do you tell it? Sandy wants you to pick another gun. Can you do a 357 with a bayonet? Yeah, let's see, why not? Right. I got through dialogue. All right, let's hear it. I'm going with you. Don't start that again. You need me. I'm the only one with the code. That's blackmail. I guess it works. What do you think? I like it. Here she is. This is Lucy. Where were you? We were looking all over the place. She's a big fan of yours. Is that true? Next, there's your collaborators. Everybody's got some kind of... Their helicopter shot is $15,000. Yeah, so we can do that, right? Wes, no way. I'll do it. I got it. Save the receipt. I'm going to sit there. What are you doing there? Then you mix it all together, and that's more or less it. My life is about telling stories. Is my birds? I think so. I need those. My card is American Express. My name's Violet. We heard you working in here, and I was just wondering if you'd like a cup of coffee. An open invitation like Violet comes once in a lifetime. <laughs> what the fuck is... Corky, this is Caesar, Caesar Corky. I thought... Fucking dark in here. She's making an offer. It's Caesar's Mafia, huh? I need your help, Corky. Only a fool would refuse. It's over two million dollars. Because all money... Oh, my God. Look at this shirt. Throw it. ...is good money. You're asking me to help you fuck over the mob. I wouldn't ask you ten times. I want help. Just admit it. What? You lost it. Where's my money? If their plan succeeds, oh if they survive, sweet Jesus, if they can trust each other, I guess it was a job. Maybe the Carpellas. All part of the business. They are bound. I think I'm a dead man. I'm one in the back of the head. For the pleasure. You were nothing before you met me. Violet! You were nothing. You had nothing for the money i want what's mine i want half the money for each other what did she do to you everything you could 
Bound. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Please Don't Listen to This. Your life depends on it. Uh, sure, we do something different every week, and this week uh, we are digging deep. We've got our knives, and we're just carving right in to get to the bottom of this. You know those new good Slimiest movies? Slimiest cuts. Fuck those. You ever seen fucking bottle rocket dude you ever seen a movie from 1990 so alex you already explained the genesis behind this but uh, uh cam since you have uh like a bone to pick i wanted to get to you uh, first yeah i just didn't uh so i picked wes anderson because i just watched french dispatch on a plane and i was like i like this guy and i hadn't listened to a blank check episode on him i was like i can probably find and he seems to have a very like identifiable style oh yeah very so distinct I was like, filmographer. This will be say. very easy to be like, oh, he's doing a Wes Anderson yeah. thing. Yeah, like, whether he had figured out his style yet is, right. or not is something that you can check. So I was like, great. Uh, this movie, Bottle Rocket, it's on HBO Max. I don't have to pay for it, or I'm already paying for it technically with subscription fees or whatever. But like, You've been paying for it for years. Yeah. <laughs> You've always, I've always been here. Um, it's like, okay, great. Bottle Rocket, an hour and a half, Wes Anderson. First movie, as far as Google can tell, I don't give a shit, and I'll watch this. Yeah, student films don't count, unless <laughs> yeah. they're good. Yeah, we made the stipulation that I couldn't watch a 30-minute Cal Arts movie or some shit. But, um, so uh, I watched it, and uh, I was just kind of bored. It was like an amateur film. Not so, amateur, but like a first film to me. Hit me with the, uh, what's what's the, the synopsis? Like, what actually is it? So that's also kind of aged poorly, is that it's about wanderlust of white privileged people and like they uh it stars owen wilson and luke wilson of course who i have to get this out of the way because it was really funny at the time i watched this with friend and listener of the show desiree and she was like owen wilson and luke wilson were on the screen Mm -hmm. and she said that guy looks like owen wilson (laughs) and i was like that is Owen Wilson, dude. <laughs> She's like, no, the other guy. I'm like, what are you talking His about? His brother? <laughs> I'm acting like so mean and crazy. <laughs> Gaslighting her. <laughs> like, that's Owen Wilson. She's like, no, you idiot. And so I thought it was Jason Schwartzman because he's in all of uh, all, all the of other, Wes other yeah, Wes Anderson's. And the guy has like, brown hair whereas Mm. owen wilson has like a blonde hair so i was like these guys can't be brothers Mm. and then we look it up and obviously they're brothers and she's like that's why i said it looks like him i'm like what are you talking about but this is uh, is used in a really funny way in um royal tenenbaums where uh owen wilson and luke wilson are both in the movie and the whole movie is about a big giant family mm. and two of the only characters who aren't related are owen wilson and luke wilson (laughs) (laughs) I also found out there's a third one. I don't know what his name is, but... A third brother? A third Wilson, Or yeah. a third person who looks kind of like that. <laughs> yes, and yes. Um, I, if I can look it up. Or uh, this is very funny to me because I just told these guys about how I tricked my brother into thinking he was our Yeah, dad. this is very... <laughs> it's very similar to say my, that's you. My brother like, looks what? so much like how my dad did when he was younger that I was scanning slides that Andrew my Wilson. grandfather took. Um, Andrew Wilson. That my grandfather took like in the 60s and I showed one to my brother and I was like, this is you. And he was like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that yeah. is me. And I'm like, <laughs> that no, that's tries. dad. And he's gotcha. like, oh. You have no sense of self-identity. Damn. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so it's about Owen and Luke Wilson. Uh, Luke Wilson, no, wait. Yeah, Luke Wilson goes to a mental asylum 
and then his brother uh, tells him, like, he's breaking him out, but he's actually leaving willingly, which is a... So this movie is very funny. It has, like, it has all the... It has a tiny bit of the, like, set, you know, mise-en-scene or whatever. The preciseness. Yeah, and, like, the like the symmetricality but mostly what's there is the tweeness the lack of story and the dialogue yeah the what tweeness. Was the last... <laughs> there was an episode where you kept saying twee at one point yeah he loves to it say it it's his favorite thing uh i say, say it a lot it. yeah i don't know we could probably i don't remember get matter. back to it something english for sure hmm. doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter um yeah but so like he breaks his or he thinks he's breaking his brother out of an insane asylum, but he's leaving willingly. Mm-hmm. And that's the funny opening scene. He's like, oh, like the doctor comes in to let him out. And he has the tied together sheets out his window. He's like, what is this? And he's like, I'm sorry. My brother thinks I'm breaking out of here. I have to. I gotta you have go to go along with it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I got to go that's, out the window. <laughs> and he's like, that's OK. You can go out the window. And like he does go out the window and he says bye to everyone as he's leaving. Yeah, that's cute. Owen Wilson's watching through binoculars. So it's like a shit post. Yeah, it was, it was funny. But um, then they're like doing crimes for no reason. Like they rob. I can't remember. I was trying to remember this before we recorded, but they rob somewhere an unusual place to rob. And they get like five hundred dollars out of it, and they're very polite with like sticking people up and like <laughs> okay, like the people they're robbing are like your safety's on, and he's like oh thanks, and he turns it on. A craft it's store? Uh, no, it wasn't. It was like a <laughs> coming maybe out a... Us from experience. People <laughs> used to fucking rob our paints all the fucking time. Not at gunpoint. They're all starving artists. <laughs> um, I knew you got pink number twelve back there. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> I can't pay for this shit. Oh, I wish I knew cobalt. color codes. I don't. No, we we didn't sell it under codes. Oh, it was okay. all just like cobalt blue and okay, stuff right. like that. But n- no, we got hit with like our our like oil paints a few times, and so we couldn't take returns of yeah. oil paints without a receipt. Did you catch anyone red-handed? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no. There were God no damn. footprints. You you guys paint. wrote this. <laughs> Yeah, we Seb and I were talking before the yeah, before the show yeah. about how we were gonna set, up, to that set up that huge that joke. joke. That's so funny. Oh. But yeah, it was uh, Saturday night. Fine. Owen Wilson has a really funny haircut in it. He has like a college guy, like buzz cut, spiked up. <laughs> so he's like blonde hair, wearing a polo all the time, spiked hair, really funny look for him. This? Oh shit! I used to know. Eighty. No, it's it, Wes 90? Anderson's pretty young. Is so. he? That sounds like a like a frosted tips. I mean, it was close to his first tips. film being in '97. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Bottle Rocket. Let's see, '96. Yes. Wow. Um, it was a spry one year old. <laughs> yeah, they have a third member of their crew. Who's very lackadaisical. He's the wheel man. Very funny. It's just, so do it you like just, this movie? Yeah. Not really. <laughs> it has all the pieces. It has everything that we set out to see, which is like, oh, he's already working with the actors he likes. A carefully manicured style. But not too much, because okay. that takes money and time. Yeah, then which, was there a scrappiness to this, for sure? Yes. It's all obviously filmed like in the same area and like 
without any big stunts or anything. Nothing explodes. There's no. Well, car some of chase. the best low budget movies are like, okay, we have this one set, and yeah. we're going to do everything here. Yeah, I and love they make the movie about movies. that. Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. Like being stuck in one place or something. Yeah, like that. or uh-huh. a robbery of kind. Like of the is fucking terrifying, but I mean, yeah. it's. Uh, uh, I don't even know how they did the baby effect. Like Cam said, maybe it's real. So I don't know <laughs> yeah, that's probably real. It is. <laughs> he got one, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, it was good, but it somehow felt interminable at an hour and a half because nothing oh, was boy. happening. Yeah. Like, it was just like <laughs> the best part of the movie was the comedy and there was a love story element where they hide out at a, at a motel and Luke Wilson falls in love with the housekeeper who doesn't speak a lot of English. And they're really it's a really adorable love story. And Owen Wilson's like the ass. Owen Wilson. So it's basically Hank and Dean, Nick from the Venture and Alex from the Venture <laughs> okay. Brothers. It, almost exactly. So, like Hank is trying to break Dean out of an insane asylum that he's being willingly let go from, mm-hmm. and then Dean falls in love with the girl who doesn't speak much English, and so as they're leaving the motel, presumably forever, um, the girl tells her brother who is better with english tell tell him i love him Mm -hmm. and the brother goes outside and is like i love you (laughs) and he's like all right dude (laughs) and he just leaves that sounds pretty good yeah and he doesn't tell him until later in the movie and he's like yeah that dude loved you i don't know and i and first uh luke wilson is immediately like who told you that it's like well yeah the brother did uh, hernandez or whatever and he's like Dude, she told him to say, I love you. And <laughs> he goes back and they get married. It's very oh. cute. It's, it's nice. It's, it was good, but long somehow. <laughs> I, 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 was mentioned, I said this earlier off mic, but um, it, it is the hotshot young director thing to think that your movie does not need to have a story oh, yeah. in it. Yep. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of early films from very accomplished directors I have seen. It's like, all right. My new, my hot new take is that it will be boring. I'm the dialogue guy. It's all about guys talking. It's to just each other. slice of life. It's yeah. I, I find as I, as I go on, I that I, I am can find a lot of that stuff refreshing. Maybe because I've seen too much of the other side of it, where yeah. it's like, here's the, here's how our film is going to make money. It's like, well, what's it about? Excuse me. Huh? <laughs> well, you see, the thing explodes, and then. But yeah, so like reading. God damn it! We've watched so many fucking heist movies and crime movies oh, I lately. Love a crime we're movie. doing Raimi, uh, and release. we just Alex and I just gravitate Pop towards release. crime movies. Uh-huh. Yeah, my favorite so, genre. Like this is people doing crime. Yeah, I've had you to come to terms crime. with that. I love detective and cop stories and movies. Yeah, but like, so I the synopsis is like two hometown brothers get into doing crimes that they're not ready for. And I'm like, oh, man, we're doing the same shit. We're doing a simple plan. We're doing, you yeah, know, we just came Fargo. off good time. We're doing, yeah, yeah, we're doing good time. It's like inexperienced crime doing. But that was not this. It was just kind of funny people. It's about people who don't know what to do with their lives and they're young. Yeah, it's, it's oh. the, like, the world is perfect. I'll never not have a job. Yeah. I, I need something more I'm out of life. white and a dude. Yeah. And they, they just... You know they rob poor people for five hundred dollars, and he gives the five hundred dollars to the the maid, and he's like, "You can't give a five hundred dollar tip." Like that was our whole take from the crime. And, hmm. But yeah, the the love story was really cute. Owen and Luke Wilson really funny in it. Definitely some Wes Anderson styling in there, but um, but he's not fully developed yet. Yeah, it's just you know it's one of the possibilities he's of baby. watching a 
good director's first film is they're just not there yet. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't have billions and billions of dollars from their American Express commercial. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so much that American Express commercial cost to make, actually. <laughs> yeah. oh, Can I get a 357 with a bayonet on it? <laughs> sure. Let's <laughs> see what yeah, we no, watched the, the break. We watched the commercial. It was yeah. really good. I just want to pay off that <laughs> it was thread. So good. Uh, I might put that in the break. <laughs> we also watched David Lynch make a dildo. <laughs> yeah, I'll put that in the break too. I'll put <laughs> it in the origins. Well, of I made a dildo. Well, made a dildo. So, Seb, you Hi. ended up watching Bound. Uh, yeah, which is the opposite of making a dildo. <laughs> um, Will you elaborate further on that or no? no? <laughs> uh, Thoughts finished. <laughs> no dicks. Um, all right, so I picked um, the Wachowskis' directorial debut, um, which is Bound, um, which was released in, I believe, 1996. Um, it is a lesbian neo-noir crime thriller. God, my favorite um, genre. <laughs> so uh, it, it's actually, it's more lesbian at the beginning of the movie than it is at any other part of the movie. They're like, they like hook you with. Oh, like, yeah, they oh, get yeah, you in the door with the lesbian. And yeah, they're, they're like, like we're going to make a movie here. now. Sorry. All right. Gotcha. Now there's the mafia. Um, <laughs> Summer. Seats, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, so our, our basic synopsis is, um, okay, the opening it's so fucking it's not just gay it's lesbian it's lesbians all right capital l capital l <laughs> lesbians lesbians <laughs> sapphic was this a whatever. surprise or did you know about this i knew on? this okay all right. but they they go fucking hard <laughs> excellent all like, right all right these Give me women, all the details the wachowskis <laughs> if they didn't know they were fucking gay ladies at the time they, they were fucking repressed okay um but well aren't they midwesterners or no the Wachowskis? Yeah. I don't know. They were in New York. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Why does that matter? That's why I'm asking. I think I, I everyone know. People from the Midwest are repressed, I think. Everyone in the Midwest is repressed. I mean, but also people in the South. There's a lot of repressed yeah. people. Yeah, and the Northeast and the and West. Also, this was the yeah, 90s when there were more repressed people everywhere. Canada. That's true. Um, Southeast, yeah. Anyway. Um, International. So we open with a shot of one of our leads, Corky, um, who I think was um, Gina... I don't know actors. I'm so bad. You don't need it's to okay. Google it. It's anyway, all right. It's okay. Unless they're um, really famous. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, so um, we, we open with our lead, Corky, and it pans over her arm, and her arm has a labrys on it, which, for those of you who don't know, is is a symbol of lesbianism. It's extreme. Like, they're like, I'm gay. This is me. And you know what caught me about it was that it was so fresh looking. <laughs> like, it was obviously a temporary tattoo. Nice. <laughs> I love that. Um, but uh, anyway, so yeah, it, it, it pans over her with that, and then she's got like a gag in her mouth. But the thing is, the, the name Bound um, for the movie doesn't really have anything to do with most of the movie except for one scene where they do get where they tied have up. Bondage, yeah? No, they're not bond. It's not bondage okay. as in like a, a sex way. Okay. It's bondage like the mafia way. Okay. Um, and so. Like, for a lot of the movie, you'll cut back to Corky being, like, tied up like that. Um, just as, like, oh, I mean, she's having flashbacks. Like, this was a little bit of a clunky thing. but I So think- is that a – is she tied up? Like, is that the framing device? Is there Are they flashing back to how she got tied up? Yes. Okay, all right. But it's the whole movie. And right. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit clunky. I ended up like Yeah, this. it's a little <laughs> yeah. bit clunky because you're just like, wait, is she like that right now? The because we love lot... to play with perspective, just doing a hacky narrative thing, going like, <laughs> "Well, yeah, I guess yeah. you're wondering how I got here." Emperor's yep, New Groove, record scratch. Do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it pans over that, and then we go to 
Um, so Cor- Corky, so they're in Chicago, I think. Um, oh, I think they're Chicagoans. The Wachowskis. That makes sense. I don't know. Sorry. We won't Google that's still it. Sorry, I just, sorry I just guys. Remember that. Yeah, we that's won't why, Google I think that's why it. I thought of that. Listeners, okay. I mean, they're, you just they have also to live have with like this Polish name. You got to Google it. Stop your car. Pull over. So Dom, I mean, they have a Polish last name, and there's a lot more like Polish people in the Midwest. That might be what I'm thinking. But um, also, who cares? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, so she's been hired to um, renovate this apartment in like this high rise, this like very fancy apartment. Thank you very much, Nick. <laughs> the framing device is it keeps cutting back to her, and she is bound up. Yes, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's why it's called Bound. Okay, that's it. all right. Um, which I, I think that they like needed the name Bound to be like, oh, they're sexy lesbians and they're bound. Yeah, oh, sure. That would um, get me in this They're bound for greatness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, all right. So she's been hired to renovate this apartment. And Corky is this like stereotypical butch. She's not stone butch. She's, she's like, I, I would even call her a little bit more on the side of soft butch because she's like got makeup and, you know, like cyber long butch. enough hair. Um, she's a cyber butch. She's from <laughs> the Matrix. Cyber noir butch. Cyber probably. noir butch. First gen, um, that's But anyway, she's she's still butch. She's like got the cargo pants and, oh, and yeah. the, um, you know, the no bra and, and a tank top and mm-hmm. she's like buff and she like does power term- tools. Terminator and, butch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she, she's like, yeah, like that. She's like, she, she, she's like, um, I Googled it. Sarah Connor. <laughs> she's like Sigourney Weaver. Oh, all right. Type yeah. of thing, you know? Um, Get away from her, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she, yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. Um, anyway. And do you so, get a feel for these two these two uh, characters? Yeah. Where, yeah who's the on, love interest in the get lesbian get relationship? Get get yeah. Yeah. Did they do a crime? They did a crime. Well, no, I want to get to the lesbian stuff first. <laughs> okay. So we're going to get to the lesbian stuff. So she's she's stereotypical butch. She's renovating this thing, this okay. apartment. She's got power Broken tools. Houses. She's she's got a truck. She does she has like these facial expressions that remind me of one of my professors from uh Yukon and I'm like, dude, what a fucking like like my my this particular professor was such a fucking stereotype. Okay? She was also butch. She was more butch than this butch. And she she just like makes the same fucking facial expressions. It just makes me laugh. We should have done the butch chart. The lesbian face. We, we need a, yeah. We, we got like high femme all the way to stone butch. Yeah. Where's um, Kirby on that? Okay, uh, Kirby's butch. <laughs> Kirby's right in the middle. Wow. Yeah. Um, so uh, Kirby's chapstick lesbian. Um, anyway, God so damn, that so, sounded brutal, but I don't know what that <laughs> uh, so she, so um, she's doing her proud tools. Next door is a. Uh, it's a rich couple, um, which has our um, other lead, Violet, who's high femme, right? Mm. And um, she's, uh, what's her face? Tilly. I do not know any names. Jennifer. Jennifer Tilly. Um, and she, she talks like this. And, you know, she's, she's very the, dainty she's the, the and voice, demure. When did this movie come out? 1996. Um, I was a spry was, one years old. I was three, you fucking baby. <laughs> Did we um, all watch movies from the nineties? We didn't try to do that. I don't know when Bloodsuckle came out. Sorry. Too? Yeah, yours was ni- yours was ninety six. Ninety six. Yeah, we were mine was ninety nine. Spry one years old. Yeah. Mine was ninety nine. I was a spry uh, four years old. When was Blood Simple? <laughs> I don't know. Eighties. I'm not gonna look it up. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not um, looking it up either. Anyway. I'm just thinking about it now. So Violet comes over, introduces herself. She's like, "I work a night job. Can you please?" Keep your uh, power tools down. Um, <laughs> her night job is she's a sex worker, ah, um, which nice. is fine. Um, so which is fine. <laughs> it's fine. No, um, no, no but the way that you said that, like mid sentence, was, was we're funny. We're yeah. out from being so PC that we're 
we're being like, yeah, like weird about it. We haven't made any indication that we have a problem with this. <laughs> yeah. so I no, I had to indicate that, that I wasn't joking about her being a sex worker. Okay. It was just right. that, you know, yeah. that's that it happened. That's the plot um, point in the film. That's the plot point. And Owen Wilson was in my film, which is fine. <laughs> it's not weird. It's David Lynch directed if you're Owen Wilson, Wilson, I don't think he should be in him anymore. Intonation. Owen Wilson was like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. We really need to keep Owen Wilson's out of our movies. Yeah, I swear to God, if there's another night at the museum, I'm going to... Fucking go berserk. Wow. Don't <laughs> anyway, so um, so Violet and Corky end up having a bit of a like a like a one night stand, and then a bit of a like a, oh I'm in love with my one night stand kind of thing going on, and um, come to find out that like okay, so Corky starts to fall for Violet, even though she definitely seems like she'd be like a, a one night stand, one and done kind of person, mm-hmm. and then she sees another guy going to the apartment, and she's like fuck right um and violet's like that wasn't sex that was work um and corky's like okay i guess come to find out violet is actually married to this mafioso um caesar wow um and like the other guys going to see violet are also mafia um and because corky is constantly working on like the toilet and shit like that she can hear stuff coming up through the pipes in the building um what like um people getting their fingers cut off (laughs) Um, (laughs) so this guy um shelly owes a lot of money to the mafia and they're like where's the money so they they do the like cutting your fingers off thing um the kuze classic yeah yep uh so they're doing that where's my my 2.167 million dollars Mm. Um, it's in my other pants (laughs) i I can get it by tomorrow (laughs) bro that's a lot of money you should have gotten that a while ago (laughs) Uh, anyway, so so they they like accidentally kill this guy Shelly. Um, then they uh, they get the money. Um, the money is dirty. Caesar literally washes the money. Oh yeah, you have to launder it. Yeah, but yeah, Violet's like, it was amazing. He washed it, and then it was all clipped up all night, and he stayed up all night ironing every single bill. <laughs> um, so. She and Corey oh, like doing impressions on the show. Huh? So yeah, you're next. <laughs> you better get ready. I want your lynch. Um, he's a good lynch. Um, so Violet is like, I can't stand this anymore. I gotta get out of here, Corky. And then um, Corky's like, All right. So Corky has been in jail for a heist before. And this is implied. She's already said to Caesar because Caesar's like, what would you go to jail for? Because she met Caesar and he was mm. like, oh, you're a woman. You're no threat to my, my wife. Oh. Um, um, so uh, he was like, what, what were you in for? And she's like, well, I was, I did five years and what are you in for? She did a nickel. She didn't say anything, but implied it was a heist. Okay. Um, so Corky <laughs> comes up with this plan at, you know, Violet asking, um, all right, we're going to steal the money. We're going to um, make Caesar think that this other guy, Johnny, stole the money. Oh, all right. Um, and then he's going to run. And then you and me get away with the money. So they, they do this. Um, Violet tricks um, Caesar. Um, and and Corky steals the money. Uh, and this is the plot of the movie Jackie Brown also. Yes. <laughs> you really don't have to do the whole plot. Yeah. You can no, skip, hold on. Skip I'm, 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 it's, it's not well, that she'll do the whole plot of the movie, then she'll tell us what she thinks about yeah. it. Yeah. I think I do want to see this. No, now. I, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. That was an easy. Where are we? Like an hour in? Thirty minutes? Yeah. Something, <laughs> no, something. I meant to the movie that yeah, you're no, describing. Yeah, no, we're like forty-five minutes in, and not, it's it's like an hour and a half. Not to the podcast. Um, no. So, um, 
Sorry, now I lost my train of fucking thought. They're you going to steal over. the money. It was their they plan. They stole the money. Start over. They stole the money. Caesar flips out. He doesn't do what they expect him to do. He's like, all right, no, I'm going to get the money back from Johnny. So Wild he makes card. Johnny and Gino. Gino is like this, the 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 from Italy mob boss. Uh. Um, and he flips out at them. He's like, Johnny, where's the money? Um, he kills Johnny. He kills Gino. He kills another guy. He he has to, you know, they have to, like, do this whole cover-up thing and Violet's involved. And Corky actually takes a backseat a lot of time until Caesar eventually realizes, wait a minute, Violet fucking tricked me and Corky fucking tricked me and he ties them up. And that's mm, where we get to our initial, like, Or immediate rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're they're tied up and shit like that. So um eventually like like there's all this like flipping out in Violet. Violet's actually really smart. She's one of she's like the femme fatale kind of like mm. you don't expect her to be that smart kind of thing. Um like she she has like a Marilyn Monroe Monroe kind of vibe. Marilyn and Monroe. So, <laughs> um except she's got like like the black hair instead of the blonde and blah da da. Um so she um she ends up um you know, kind of getting getting ahead of Caesar, and um, she and Corky, you know, in the end, they get away with the money. Um, Corky gets a brand new truck with with a with a key fob that's like wireless, and in the Whoa. in the nineties, that's like wow. so cool. Um, uh, Caesar's Caesar's dead. Is he dead? Did he die? Yeah, yeah he, he was, died. He died a while um, ago. Missing a piece here. I think Brutus. Sorry, they told me something. not to tell the whole no, fucking no, no. story. Yes. What if, you what like if the someone movie wants to see this movie and you just no, tell never, us the whole thing? Never mind. Never mind me. Yeah, don't don't mind him. Um. Anyway, so so they they got away with the money, and um, I liked the movie. It was right. it was campy, a little bit, but in in the Wachowski way. It's you... like this is very cool. With all these gangsters, it sounds like it could be a little pulpy. Is it? Is yeah. it like it's old a comic strippy? Yeah. yeah. Is it noir? Like yeah. you got got kind of. Okay. It's described yeah. as a neo noir. This is not. Um, a, oh yeah, this is a not a period piece. It was taking place. Yeah. No, this time. is like modern day. Yeah. yeah. Which so, is why I said she's got the key fob. With the key yeah. fob. That's yeah, what yeah. exactly. I was so thinking. my question would be something that the Wachowskis become famous for later on is in camera tricks using a bunch of cameras, like, uh, and I was wondering if you noticed any kind of strange shots or any kind of experimental um, stuff or if, you, if yeah. that doesn't come out until later there, there were a I mean, few obviously like a lot of camera tricks are something that require a lot of money obviously the 360 shot in the matrix they had is like six million dollars yep. and the the speed racer stuff is six million dollars okay. god damn not a ton of money i wish i That's had six million so apparently, i wouldn't make so, a movie That's so so before that um <laughs> they had written the script for assassin and the um the was he the producer on Assassin? I don't know where the director um, produced this movie because they kept going around with their script for this. They were like, "We want to make this movie," and everyone was like, "If you made Corky a guy," and they were like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> wow. Um, which I respect them for. Yeah, yep. that rocks. They were like, "Everybody already made the movie with the guy. I wanted to be lesbians." Um, so they got six million dollars to do this movie. So they didn't have like any giant star power. Right. Um, I know Jennifer Tilly has has been a voice actress in a lot of stuff. Jennifer but... Tilly's been in a lot of things. I don't yeah, know. I don't but know her. She's not. She's not huge. You know. No, it's um, not like none a... of them are huge. Um, the the actor for Caesar with... was very good. He he was really good at being a freak out kind of guy. Yeah, I um, love a good unhinged wild card. In a, in a yeah, it's hard movie. to make that believable. Um, I mean, Alex just brought up um, 
just brought up uh, Jackie Brown, which is another great scene like this. Yeah, with, it's uh, a similar Samuel kind of deal. Jackson yeah. as the the crime boss yeah. guy. Yep. Did he look like a bitch? <laughs> um, so, uh, oh, fuck! You guys keep interrupting me, and now I lost yeah, my train should, of thought. All right, nobody say brain. Anything. Okay. <laughs> Just everybody be so we'll all get, we'll get up. Be very we'll quiet. come back down when you finish when the podcast. <laughs> like David Lynch, I think thoughts are like fish. And if you're very quiet, you can catch them. Um, oh, this guy's a genius. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, the, some of the camera uh, angles were, were pretty cool. Like, um, So at one point, Caesar hides a bunch of bodies in his tub because the cops come mm-hmm. up because somebody reported gunshots. Um, so he hides the bodies in a tub. And these these cops are so fucking dumb like they're walking over a carpet that is drenched in blood because caesar had pulled the carpet over the blood because he had like five minutes to hide Mm -hmm. shit Mm -hmm. um like there's just this squelching and of course he's gonna like track the blood out of the apartment they never come back no they're so fucking dumb oh they're not Um, on his payroll yeah (laughs) they're not on his payroll Mm -hmm. but they're very dumb where was it set did they make a point of that I, I think all? it was in Chicago, but it was mostly set in the one apartment. Oh, and that's the, cool. One next door. Like Alex. Chicago. Economical yeah. choice. Yeah. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Um, there, you know, and there were a few outdoor shots, but it was mostly in the one apartment. Um, so, uh, yeah, th- there was a shot where um, Violet is, like, kind of, or, like, somebody's, like, washing off in the shower, but they're, like, leaning over the tub because there's bodies in it. Um, so you see, like, it's a top-down top shot down. of them oh, doing cool. this. So that nice. was interesting. Um, and then I read that the, um, the SFX guy did, like, whenever Corky goes, like, across the camera, gives her kind of, like, a swish sound to make her <laughs> kind of, like, cat-like. Oh, Which right. I, I like that Seemed a lot. Seemed like she's very fast. Yeah. So <laughs> Corky, as a char- like, a person is what I wanted to be when I was in college because I wanted to emulate this professor I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And even though if anybody ever said, you remind me of like, Professor Paul, teacher, yeah. right? Of Alison Paul. I was like, no, no, I'm in my own prison. I'm not copying mm. Alison. No. Um, <laughs> even though I wanted to be fucking just like her. Um, so Cor- Corky, I really like Corky, even though like it disappoints me that she takes a backseat for a lot of the movie. Um, because Violet has to, like, you know, show herself, show how, like, she's actually very smart. She's, you know, uh, femme fatale. She's, she's outsmarted everybody. Um, so, uh, yeah, th- there, was, there were a few creative shots. I don't think there was anything particularly amazing, like, innovative, because I, this was their first time and they had a, a small budget. Um, but it, it was, like... I, don't, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed how gay it was, and I enjoyed that it wasn't just about the gay. Like, the gay was at the beginning, <laughs> and then in between it was the heist, and then at the end, they're like, yeah, I got in a truck. Let's Do go, babe. The <laughs> That's yeah. great. is different without money. Huh? Like, this is this is them before they had like the giant studio backing. Do you feel like there's a different feel to their directorial style there when they is can't because, afford 100 cameras? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. One of the things that makes wachowski films is all the weird camera shit like Mm -hmm. bullet time Mm -hmm. or in speed racer we were talking about speed racer and all the weird 
like color grading. The insane they focus yeah. tricks yeah, that they do. Every, yeah. The press grading. release for every Wachowski movie is we invented a new camera to, <laughs> yeah. to do the new trick. It's called we? the Speed Racer camera. It will never be used ever again. <laughs> it cost $4 billion. <laughs> it cost more than a movie. Um, so in that regard, it's, it's not as Wachowski, but because it's, you know, like... It does what it wants. It does all the action it wants. There's a feeling of it's, rebellion to it. There's a yeah, feeling you, of rebellion. You could tell, I mean, at least from what you've described, it seemed like they were pushing the boundaries even in their oh, yeah. first Oh, yeah, it's 1996, oh, and they're, they're like, I want our leads to be lesbians. Yeah, and absolutely. they got away with it. Yeah. Um, even after getting rejected from so many places, they got away with they having got to make two it. lesbian leads. This wasn't leads. the end of them, you know? It's not like <laughs> this is like, oh, yeah, they went against the, the studio system and, and then made they a got blacklisted. No. And they never showed up they again. Didn't. Then one they went my, on to make one of the most beloved film trilogies of all time. Oh, yeah. Film. Of now my, it's a quadrilogy. Uh, yeah. yeah. One of my favorite directors in recent years, or someone that I've only discovered recently, is a, a woman called by the name of Elaine May, mm. who made oh, yeah. four Gotta love the really great box office bombs and was never allowed to work again. Even though oh. she's like, she's not dead. She's mm-hmm. not like... Four uh, is a lot, like, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's a that's a big blank check series. So good, yeah, man. Dude, I okay, so I I showed um Treasure Planet to my nephew when he was uh-huh. here last. And so my my brother, my older brother comes in and he's like, "What's this?" I'm like, "Oh, it's Treasure Planet." And then so while we're watching the movie, he's obviously he's like on Wikipedia looking up about the movie. He's like, "It says it was one of the like biggest Disney flops of all time." And yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, they fucking sabotaged it cuz it's a fucking good movie." Um so anyway, yeah. so for this, it's very Wachowski, even without the camera stuff. It just doesn't look as Wachowski. It doesn't have the color grading. It doesn't have all the camera shots. Um, but it's still got the rebellion. It's still got, like, everyone thinks they're a badass because they are a badass mm-hmm. kind of thing. Is a um, good these seem Wachowski. like cool characters yeah. that get to do yeah. cool things. Yeah, to yeah. yeah. <laughs> and cool. So I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, the Wachowskis are so fucking depressed. If if these were like actual cis men making this movie, it would not be as good. The lesbians <laughs> you, would not be as good. They had good. the special yeah. sauce. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if they <laughs> were aware. I don't know how, how aware they were of being trans at the time. But this movie is like, this couldn't have been made by cis men. Like I'm, yeah. I'm 100% certain. Oh, speaking of cis men making movies, like the, the female lead in, in Bottle Rocket doesn't, speak <laughs> because she doesn't speak english so. <laughs> it's an easy very, way to write women yeah. just don't write them right. interesting <laughs> um, yeah. rough right. but yeah it's rough. a good it's a good anyway element. i like One the movie my... i would recommend it it's it's very lesbians it's mm-hmm. extremely lesbians they go to like corky goes to a lesbian bar at one point apparently all the extras in the bar were friends with one of the actresses. Um, and they were all lesbians from San Francisco. <laughs> Hell yeah. And they fucking they look like it. They're so, <laughs> it's so 90s. That's funny. And so, like, it, there's a particular brand of, like, ye olden lesbians. Like, like <laughs> the old le- guard. Le- the old guard lesbian elders. And they are my teachers from Yukon. One of which, the one I'm describing is a San Francisco lesbian that she came over like when she was like in her twenties. I think. Imported her. Um, they no, she, they she, she, she went to those in, man. I mean, No, she she moved get to that around here. No, Excuse yeah. Me. Do you have any imported gays? Yeah. Yeah. The no, local but, but, gays. No, thank you. Like so, there's there's her. She's the Gen X lesbian, and then you've you've got like the like tail end boomer lesbian, which is our our like older um, professor, and she's like one of the lesbians in this movie. Like Corky <laughs> wears this this leather jacket. 
Um, and why I call her, like, soft butch is because she's, like, willing to wear clothes that, like, are a little bit larger on her. So she looks like she's wearing boyfriend clothes. Um, but, uh, so, so one time I, like, this is, like, not really super related, but the <laughs> movie reminded me of this. That's fine. Um, and, and it, it's, it's just kind of like, oh, lesbians. Um, <laughs> like, um, I, I'm at my teacher's house. Because we, we were doing, like, the end of the year. We're all seniors. Let's do a cookout, right? And I, I'm fucking cold. So my teacher, you know, the, the one who's, like, our, our lesbian art mom, is like, here, have my leather jacket. And I was wow. just like, The dream. The absolute dream. She, she yeah. gave me her leather jacket to wear. Um, <laughs> no, it, it was just, like, that's it, it reminded me of that. Like, this movie reminded me so much of my teachers. And, like, and I think that that's a good sign. Because it means like these people are realistic. And, yeah, this and is not, a this is a well written lesbian character, and that you yeah, can relate it not, to someone else you know. <laughs> it's not lesbian yeah. porn where they're not actually lesbians. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going. Uh, so you know how that was like young and hip and cool. Oh, uh, Nick's uh, gonna so, bring it back. We need Dusty. <laughs> we need <laughs> old. Yeah, so, Dusty. Um, difficult. <laughs> so David Lynch's first film is not really a deep cut because his first big film is Eraserhead. It took forever to make. It was a big arty thing, and it was yeah. a it was a cult hit that was able to get him. They got a real life fucked yeah. up baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always am like I gotta watch that movie. I know I'm gonna like it, and then I try and put it on. It's like three hours long. I'm like, it's it's not. It's an hour and a half. It's, no, it's, it's ninety way. minutes. Are you serious? It's ninety minutes. All right, I gotta watch that. Uh, it's it's not. <laughs> A movie that there are things about that movie can that I think you'll really like. There's tons of great imagery. I'm confusing it's, it with Rosemary's Baby. It's <laughs> Rosemary's Baby is wicked. Two long. different baby movies. Different baby movies. Yeah, oh, different sorry. baby movies. Different yeah, yeah there's like movies. um, like uh, this is a, a only a very brief tangent, but Eraserhead evokes a different kind of dread and horror in me than Mulholland Drive does because I spend my work hours and my home hours and uh like like caring caring for people like that's like just like doing the tell the whole... emily hear that yeah <laughs> she knows she might uh... think it's the other way around <laughs> um but she said the same thing about you she called you the eraser head baby yeah. <laughs> that's like, i don't know it's really i didn't get it at the time but now i'm starting to understand hey which one are you in the relationship are you more of the jack nance the... or are you more of the eraser head baby <laughs> Aren't we all just what? a little uh, grown up? <laughs> Eraserhead baby. There was another right. episode where we did an Eraserhead baby bit, and now I'm feeling uh, like we're gonna get stuck on. Only that again. Nick has seen it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. we all love it to was... bring it up, and none of us have seen the fucking movie. <laughs> so, um, the, the the thing that horror that Eraserhead makes me feel is the idea of like, um, having to take care of something that you can't communicate with, and that can destroy your life. Right, like you're sure you want like to compare any this kid to your home life? No, I'm. This is uh, this is not like something that I feel every day or anything like that. But, but the idea, the idea that it is, it is like a, it is like a nightmare about something that I do every day. You know, like where it's like you know, I'm not actually afraid that uh, I am going to be caught on fire without my pants on if I go to school, but the it when I dream, it's the worst possible version of me going to school. You know. And yeah. I have a nightmare. It's the worst possible version of me caring for something, which is like it's it's sick, it's crying, it can't communicate with me. You can't tell it, how it, they made the prop. It's destroying Sorry, my life. I've, I've done that too much. <laughs> destroying my life. Can't tell how the prop was made. Yeah. Is it stop motion or Where is it a puppet? Where did this come from? No one will tell me. <laughs> no one will tell me. And I have to take care of it. And I have to take care of it. And it's screaming. And I have to take Just care of it. Just a series of like actor interviews with them sitting in director's chairs being like, 
I don't know where the prop came from. It was so hard to work with. <laughs> They're all like saying it was hard like to do the job day in, day out. Anyway, that was 1977. Yeah. Um, Dave Lynch had done a couple of movies since then. He did... Uh, he was uh, 40 years old inside. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh, he, because uh, he did... Um, he, he was a painter first. Uh, and then he did... Well, he did Dune. Oh, these are more... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, this is we'll be cut out of the episode, but Sam is showing us the Eraserhead baby gu- gummies. Yeah. There was like a fight or like a year period on Tumblr where the Eraserhead baby was just a meme and people would. Well, because it's it, it's like the the classic bit of like what's the least marketable, most hideous yeah. horror. I, it's also the the I'm scared of this, so I have to make it funny. Yeah, yes. yeah. So that I'm less scared of this. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, uh, Eraserhead, Elephant Man, Dune, Blue Velvet. I've just described like 15 years of time. Uh, and yeah, then, Jesus um, Christ. And uh, then we are in 1999 uh, is when this movie comes out. But before then, uh, this the uh, the, the script writer uh, and uh, producer who likes to work with Lynch quite a bit uh, received a script based on the real life event of a man called Alvin Strait who rode a lawnmower 280 miles to see his estranged brother. Because Why he, did he, he do this? He didn't have a driver's license, and he heard his brother had a stroke, so he wanted oh. to he wanted to see him. God, that's not whimsical. He couldn't call an Uber. That's depressing. <laughs> it was it was nineteen ninety. Uh, save it for the remake. I know. <laughs> all right, all right. He didn't have trains yet. Yeah. So uh, he's uh, Alvin Strait is just a he's a man he's a man uh, in Iowa who uh, is a retired farmer. He's a World War II vet. He, you know, still gets checks from the government, but he is very set in his ways and does not want to, like, mess with that. And he has said some things back when he was still drinking to his brother, <laughs> and they haven't talked in 10 years. And then he gets a phone call after, like, a, a, a scene right at the beginning where he falls in his home and his daughter is there to, to help him. And they take him to the doctor. And he's like, no tests. I don't want to, I won't want you running any tests and I'm not changing my diet and I'm not doing anything. Like he's like listing off all the things he won't do. And the doctor's just like, okay, but you're going to need a walker. And he's like, no walker. It's like second cane. And so he's walking around with two two canes for the rest of the movie. He already had one cane. Yeah. But now he he goes to two. Um, my mom was having trouble with her back at one point. So Mm -hmm. she took to using like two, um, like ski ski, <laughs> ski poles, poles? Ski poles instead of a fucking cane it what very dumb and so, you guys had to get snow and yeah. brought in so she could ski <laughs> well around. ski poles are not like not it's not flat on the bottom or it's like it's, it's supposed pike. to go into yeah. snow if, so if you're going you can't walk to with the those. grocery store it doesn't fucking work yes it doesn't work at all <laughs> well so, i imagine she was wearing the skis too <laughs> She's wearing snow Shimmying. So yeah, she's just skiing around the house. <laughs> so this is one of the Scraping only David the Lynch movies that David Lynch did not write because the script script was around before he was uh, picked oh. for it. His producer uh, and uh, and writing partner was like, "You," she said, "You should have this. This is a movie that would be good for you." And when Lynch read the script, he's like, "I think you're right." And everyone else, everyone on the outside, people who didn't work with him, were like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Why?" Yeah, he's the, he's the weird. surreal weirdo guy, but. Uh, she was like, no, if you've worked with him, you know that what he cares about the most is like people's inner lives, like be- what what people are, are feeling, even though they have trouble saying this, this and, is like, a that surreal kind of enough sounding human interest story. Yeah, for him yeah. Exactly. To be on board. It's, it's the kind of you read the newspaper. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, that's weird. And this guy's weird. It's like, yeah. A, yeah, David Lynch directing Florida Man stories. Yeah, it's exactly. on the nose. <laughs> 
but just like, as weird as the Eraserhead baby. It's just different. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a different, different flavor of different it. Genre. But when I started watching this movie, I could I got the feel for Lynch immediately, even though it was not surreal. First off, I'm pretty sure he's doing a bit about the opening of Blue Velvet. Uh, a, a character has a brain aneurysm and and just dies on the on the floor of their own living room in their home in their carpet, but you don't see it. You hear the thud from outside. You see the outside wall of it. And so you, in this, someone is just like hanging out on their lawn uh, and they're like, oh, hey, uh, hey, you know, person hanging out on your lawn. Have you seen Alvin? He was supposed to come by. And they're like, no. And you hear the thud from outside. And he's just like falling down in a regular way. But because he's so old, like he, right. he needs some help. But it's not like a horrible, brutal, like, right, oh, yeah. my God, this terrible tragedy. It's we a just take on this thing. fucked up thing yeah. that I did in a yeah, previous exactly. movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, while that is probably a real part of the real story of the real guy that he was doing, but he's just choving to film it in the way <laughs> in a way that calls evo- back to yeah, that movie. Evoking yeah. his most horrifying scene from, from Blue Velvet. Jesus. Uh, Great. So... Genius. Uh, I, that immediately caught my eye. And the other thing was um, I have complained, uh, I think, on this show, uh, but I, I do it in real life a lot, uh, where uh, <laughs> about, what? about people... <laughs> We're not in real life. <laughs> about weirdos not being able to act in movies anymore, about how everyone in a movie is too handsome. Yeah, they have can't... to be hot. To yeah, be I don't in... like that because if I think that If you're a weirdo, doesn't... you've been being paid for 80 years to be they a They call weirdo. them character yeah. actors. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and right. this movie is... 100% character actor. Nice. Including podcast favorite, Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, oh. I love that guy from Who Carrie. Is, yeah, not Carrie, Christine. Alien. He's, and Alien. And, uh, and Twin Peaks. <laughs> a and a lot of heard of things. called Alien. Yeah. Uh, more of a Christine guy myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're both excellent. Um, but anyway, uh, there are lots of people who just look. They, they look and act weird, but in the way that is real. Like, you, yeah. when you meet a weirdo on the street, they don't always act like someone in Twin Peaks. But they... <laughs> but they sometimes ha- they do. Sometimes <laughs> they do. That's when you got to get out of there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I'm afraid to talk to people. Sometimes they be doing that weirdo shit. You That's what the show Atlanta is about. Ask <laughs> yeah. this guy talking backwards. Yeah. He's doing a little um, dance. He said that gum. Like, yeah, I, so. I ran into a uh, car accident in New London mm-hmm. a few days ago. Like, yeah, literally. You be careful. No. <laughs> they no, call the, that the, getting into a car know, accident. So, so, so there was like a car accident and there were a bunch it wasn't of like... wasn't there when I started. The, the, there was like a fucking... Um, there were like cops or fire trucks and shit like that and there were still ambulances like coming down the street and this like weirdo like old guy who was on something starts trying to do like the, the traffic direct, direct, oh direct, i love it yeah, yeah. jumping with, like, a the, citizen like, jumping into action waving. and like I, like he's like no you can go that he's way just calling cars way, into like, each other and yeah. i'm like there's a fucking ambulance right behind you dude <laughs> like, right. like, i would have listened to him that's so rocks to, like, no so way. to seb's point um after Horrible. after the scene at the doctor, after uh, after he gets the phone call about uh, his brother uh, Lyle having a stroke, he and he's like kind of making up his mind on what he needs to do, and he hasn't quite told anyone yet because he is a character who's a very like classical kind of guy, like the the real guy this story is based off of, and uh, the actor that is playing this guy and the character themselves are all the people who are like. If I am experiencing pain, I will never tell yeah, anyone it's about the, it. Yeah, it's the greatest generation, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and I'm air, I'll air quote that. Yeah, it's yeah. the the type of man who would not say anything People if he was having a heart attack. So this is this is Richard Richard Farnsworth, <laughs> yep. who is um, 
he was in a he was in a bunch of westerns. He was in a oh, bunch of yeah. like so he's like even an actor from that generation, yeah. right? That, that's great <laughs> and casting. Something yeah, that he didn't funny. tell anyone about. He but he was experiencing pancreatic cancer at the time. I was knew so, it. So I was gonna <laughs> say this guy definitely was method acting on, <laughs> yeah. on set. So, I mean, quotes here. So there's a um, Sissy Spacek. I don't know if you guys know oh, from her. Carrie. Yes. Okay. So there, we, that cam exactly right on. Uh, Sissy Spacek <laughs> from Carrie to a is Stephen King plays uh, Alvin Farnsworth's daughter in this movie. She does a wonderful job. She's got like um, like a little bit of a developmental problem, so she has like a really heavy stutter and can't say a whole lot of words. But she does this. There's this great scene towards the beginning where she's trying to tell him why he shouldn't go on this journey, and she's like, and every time you get up, you you, you make this noise, and she like makes the noise <laughs> oh, and he gets great. up out of a chair, and it's like an incredibly funny, well observed thing. He's just like. Well, I got to do it anyway. (laughs) You're right, but uh, (laughs) I'm going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, he goes to the hardware store to get supplies to try and, like, make it. And, like, you see him, like, you don't quite see what he's working on, but you see that he's working on something. And if you've seen, like, the poster, you obviously know that he's taking a riding mower across country. The name of the movie is Lawnmower Man, isn't it? No. (laughs) The straight story. Lawnmower Man is another Stephen King project that got completely butchered so bad that they got sued for naming it Lawnmower Man. Um, So... You don't see what he's doing. And at first I thought what he was doing was putting like a wooden also, uh, shell I'm around. I'm sorry. One more. Uh, very on the one nose for joke. Nick to, yeah. <laughs> very on the nose for Nick to watch a movie called The Straight Story after Seb watched The Lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, the title of the, straight, of the Straight Story is like a big joke as well because it's like, oh, what's David Lynch known for? He's known for weird, incomprehensible things that oh, don't yeah. tell yeah. you what's going on. Oh, yeah, well, so this here's one's his, normal. Yeah, here's his... No, it's not. Like, psych. Well, it, it, it like... Look, but, like, it's it's not in that it is a weird story, but it is a linear, plotted story that does not dip into dreams or, or other layers of reality or symbolism in the way that he likes to do. He didn't write it. This is David Lynch giving it to you straight in the way that you would tell someone yeah. who's lying to you it's normally. the most straightforward yeah. movie yeah. he's yeah. probably so made. For him, it's impressive. <laughs> like yeah. So, so yeah. to call it the straight story. And he did something that nobody ever does, right? So um, something that we will joke about from time to time is like, oh, yeah, well, you film the first scene of the movie first, and then you film the last scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, in this movie, in they, uh, this movie had a budget of $7 million, and they filmed it. The way that the care that Alvin Strait took the journey. They started in Wisconsin wow. and they just filmed to Iowa. So they they made the journey. They filmed the first scene first and they filmed the last scene no last way. because that's the that's the journey they were doing. And huh. it's Something that just it shows through this film, like these, they meet a bunch of real weirdos who were real people that were like along the way. There is an incredible scene that I I did not do enough research to find out if this was based on a real thing that happened to Alvin Strait or if this was a lynchism, but it seems like a lynchism to me. Where uh, he pulls his lawnmower over to the side and uh, he like makes a face and you hear a crashing noise and then it zooms out and you see this woman has hit a deer and she's like she gets out and starts freaking out she's like i have to drive 40 miles to work the uh, uh, like you know there and back and i've tried everything i've tried honking i've tried lights i've tried uh, uh rolling my window down and blasting public enemy and they st- i can't keep these deer away from my car they love it. and and alvin straight is like well is there anything i can do to help you and she's like no <laughs> so she's just like having a meltdown about That's hitting so another she's deer her own movie and yeah yeah, so he, yeah she's got her own thing going on and and it's uh uh 
I was really laughing at this scene and I, I was really enjoying it. Like, cause this is this woman's despair yeah. at hitting, at hitting deer all the time. Yeah, or again. personal hell. You imagine she's doing this like every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never have to buy food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> venison every day. Uh. It's well, uh, Alvin does end up eating the deer that she leaves. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it's like, so for the rest of the movie, he has like the antlers mounted on the little trailer. He's towing behind his, ah, uh, his, uh, his lawnmower. God, Jesus. And this guy just randomly knows how to dress a deer. It's, he's a he's a World he's War Two vet. Yeah, this guy was a, an actual World War Two vet, and what? like no, they uh, ate rations like garbage rations. No. I mean. But no, he talks about he talks about yep, during the movie deer. they were uh, killing and he, eating. Towards the end of the movie, he meets another guy in a bar who was also a World War Two vet, and he starts opening up about himself as that some of the things that he did. He said that they would put me, they had me as a sniper because when I was a kid before I got drafted. I was on the farm with my parents and we had to, you know, we had to shoot our, our dinner. Like we mm. had to, we had to do this to survive because we, there, there wasn't anyone like helping us out. And then when I got drafted, they were like, oh, you already know how to shoot a gun. So you're going to be our sniper. And, uh, <laughs> that's the best we got. Yeah. And yeah. so that's like, uh, you know, he's, and he tells this really like harrowing personal story about, uh, accidentally killing someone that was on his side. And he's like, you know, Oof. this is something that nobody knows except for me and now you. And it's like all these things that this character has held in their entire life, you know, because like Alex said, like you, you take this, you hold this until you die. Yeah. You, you do not, you do not show you pain don't, ever. You, you don't show pain. You don't talk to anyone. You have a heart attack when you live alone and you die and <laughs> yeah. nobody gets to know that you shot someone. <laughs> One of the best John Mulaney jokes is like, well, I'm Irish Catholic, so I keep all my emotions in a little bottle inside of me. And then one day. I'll die. <laughs> like, it'll never be resolved. Yep. I'll never tell anyone about it. But yep. I'll die, and then I won't have to worry about that anymore. But I mean, like, but in the wise words of Tony Soprano, whatever happened to Gary Cooper? <laughs> uh, Tony Soprano was talking about guys like literally yes, with Richard Farnsworth yeah, yeah, in this movie. Yeah. Um, the tough guys. Uh, yeah, a, a guy who had retired from acting two years ago. But uh, David Lynch is like, "Would you like to do this movie?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, I oh, would. Wow. That, that sounds really good." That's um, cool. There, I I was reading about the production of this movie in a in a book uh, about Lynch and partially by Lynch. That was it's been really good so far because it has a lot of testimony from people who worked with him and uh, stories like historical context around this to talk about the people who helped him. There's always in at the beginning of every uh, Lynch Hollywood story. There's always like. Uh, yeah, nobody wanted to give David Lynch money again, except for one of his friends who yeah. was like, I love this movie. I think it should be made and I think it should be released in theaters. And David Lynch is like, you know, it's not going to make money. And, and then the, his friend is like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's good. We'll do it. Uh, there's a great story about him talking to Spielberg and Spielberg's like, well, you know, we're getting to a point where I'm sure, where, uh, you know, as many people will have seen Eraserhead as I've seen Jaws. And Lynch is like, I think that. I think that you maybe have a like misrepresentation yeah. of what that's so funny. going home and watching a racer head before they go to bed. I don't think so. Spielberg's just trying to be nice, but yeah. like you don't have to like do that. that. Yeah, I don't make Jaws. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't make Jaws. It's just like the thing that you, the things that you like, millions of people like. The things yeah. I like, thousands of people. Yeah, like. that's, exactly. It's a big difference. Wow. Yeah, people might have tried Eraserhead once, but people are watching Jaws multiple times yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly Once a year, the bro. father of the modern blockbuster saying that to david lynch is so funny it's very funny like you know oh yeah we went to a party in the 70s like yeah you and i are equals like it's not no we're not peers not, actually say that, dude. yeah 
I like I'm sure Spielberg is meeting Lynch. He's like, wow, David Lynch. And yeah. like, it's like, yeah, you can, you have enough money to build a mansion inside your mansion. Uh, <laughs> and like, I have to argue with them to see if I get to make another movie. To make like, another one that will bomb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I want it to. Another movie some so, people will like. In a, in a really strange twist of fate, one of the things that I find uh, fun about this movie is that it went to Cannes, the, the film festival, and it, this was before it had any studio attached. Like we didn't know, they didn't know if it was going to actually be widely released or anything. And it went to con and, and the audience loved it. And a lot of the people who saw it were like crying and they thought it was super good. The end of the movie is he does make it to see his brother who is played by Harry Dean Stanton. Harry Dean Stanton has <laughs> oh, wow. one line and one scene in this movie. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's so, so great. Cause like, I mean, I didn't know Harry Dean Stanton was in this movie. And when his, when his brother walks out and it's Harry Dean Stanton, I'm like, Oh my <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. And he doesn't like to do like a whole big scene because he, Lyle straight is another guy like that yeah. where it's like he yeah. came here to make up to me he looks outside sees the fucking broken down ass lawnmower with the trailer attached to him. he's like you rode that 280 miles to see me Alan Street's That's like nice. yep <laughs> so it's like all right yeah. come sit down come sit yeah. down on the porch obviously we're we're gonna patch we're, things we're up. gonna sit in silence yeah but we're, we're there's gonna... an agreement between the two of us that we, yeah things are things are things better, are better. Us now. yeah that's and, great um uh, so one of the things about Khan, the film festival is that, uh, the, the, you don't get to know who's the judge when you, uh, like who, or who the like panel of judges are and the panel of judges are other directors and filmmakers and producers and people like that. I didn't know and they so, had panels of judges. Head. Yeah. Well, to, when, to you do, yeah, when you do a film, yeah. film festival, you usually have a winner they'll vote on the best movie. Yeah. Oh, so okay. the Palm door, like how I talked about how Titan won the Palm door, uh, and like, uh, I was, uh, I thought that was really funny. Um, it is but, funny, but uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it. I like say that. sunrise, like that's a big yeah, one. yeah. Sunrise, sunrise. There's like a oh, I don't know what the winner at sunrise. Oh, is. Sundance, sundance, sundance. sundance. Sorry. I was gonna say it's not. I don't, sunrise, I don't know what the winner. The is. anime sunrise. studio sunrise. I don't know what the yeah the, the Gundam winner. Uh, no. Gundam again. God damn it! <laughs> I don't know what the winner at Sundance is called, but like as a in a stroke of bad luck, the person who would normally love a David Lynch film but did, is not going to go for the like kind of tame emotional straightforward story guess who was the fucking head judge at con that year it was david cronenberg <laughs> so you oh, no. so, should have made a fucked up movie <laughs> about a little guy lawnmower was alive <laughs> oh, no so it's like and like lynch in the book is like yeah well it's just luck of the draw what are you gonna do about that like uh, this is just the the, the time i happen to wow. i happen to make my my straightforward <laughs> yeah uh, like if he made movie. any other one of his movies <laughs> well <laughs> speaking of deep cuts and speaking of cronenberg i've been listening to the gorillian rust podcast they're doing stephen king right now they did mm-hmm. the dead zone mm-hmm. starring christopher walken which Not is the dragon a, ball z movie Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, some of our listeners would have thought that. I hope so, Dom. You're out there. Um, no, it starts Christopher Walken. He's, he's a guy there. who can, um, if he has physical contact with the person, he can see the future of what they'll do later. Mm-hmm. And so, like Cronenberg uh, directs this, mm-hmm. and it's not a weird psycho body horror movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so like, what? He just didn't get to do it yet. <laughs> like, yeah, he wasn't there yet. So yeah. it's just like on that track of what we were yeah. talking about. So it's interesting. This Good is movie. like this. This movie has an interesting production history. But like, I, so I didn't win the Palm Door or anything, but it got picked up by Disney. Yeah. So like, <laughs> it's a feel good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe? No, this is this is just straight Walt up Disney. Walt Disney Pictures oh. presents. Walt Disney Pictures presents. It's G rated. Everything they did. They say they yeah, say hell in it, which yeah. is like another thing. It's like G rated. Yeah. They That's say so funny. they say hell Jesus and talk Christ. about death, but like. <laughs> 
uh, there's no like yeah, real no, it's, violence it, yeah, or it's anything. Yeah, a feel-good human interest story that but, tracks. Yeah, that. It, but it's about like this man's repression and what I think Disney thought when they picked it up is they're like, this is an art film. Wouldn't it be great for Disney to say we won an Academy Award? Yeah, or we yeah, can do yeah, this. One. Yeah, this one we might be able to get away with. Yeah. So it doesn't it, for them. It doesn't matter where if it this? makes money. Where where was this or when? No, what what year? year? This was 1999. Yeah. Okay. I was wow. Way than I thought. Yeah. So like, huh. this is a this is just something I was not expecting. At, like I mean I knew already that it was like okay this is a Walt Disney present, pictures yeah. presents David Lynch. One is of the, the couple funniest, things you posted when you started funniest the funniest one to punch scary of, thing a, to say. Yeah, of, of a like uh, opening credits thing. Yeah. And then doing the, the blue velvet joke I talked about. Yeah. And then this movie I'm sitting down and I'm like, I don't know what to expect. And I'm just like genuinely like my heart is melting through this movie in just like a, a way that I'm normally feel like I'm, I'm hardened to like a schmaltzy, a schmaltzy emotional as far thing. As, yeah, yeah the, sure are. Yeah, I'm was, surprised you like this one too. But I, well, I, it's a good movie. Like yeah. it's just, I haven't it's seen just it. good. I like I, seen I, a single second of it. I if you've seen um, something like this before, it is easy to think that yeah. oh, this emotional feel-good story about an old man. I can tell that they're going to try to make me cry, but yeah. for them to actually put you know pull it off and yeah. make you feel for this guy. This is good. Some good filmmaking. I have, I in bet. general, zero th- sympathy for the Greatest Generation. I oh, do yeah, not they give all a suck. Fuck they've ruined our, our fucking yeah, they country. Destroyed, they thing. destroyed our country. It's all over. Yeah, the and so it, it. I feel like it is an uphill battle to try and make me feel bad for someone to come who comes from that generation. Sure is. And Lynch approaches it with so much empathy and feeling, and. There is a little bit of schmaltziness and corniness in there, but it's the kind that you get from a real person as opposed to the kind that comes from, like, a script or a studio or even a director. It's like when you talk to a real person that you meet and they say something that their dad said to them that was just a quote from a movie or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. that's corny, but it's a corniness that comes from reality, that comes from a yeah. real emotion. It's very easy to be mean to people who you imagined existing yes yes it <laughs> but is but sometimes real people exist and uh-huh. you have to deal with that wow Whoa. Yeah. put that on the back of the box <laughs> yeah. um uh last sometimes thing i'd like to say is, uh, is two stories i read from the book because uh, uh while i was reading about the production of this movie um first one is uh that there was a a, a scene where he's riding on his lawnmower uh across country and a semi-truck is supposed to drive past him and blow his oh, hat off. <laughs> I've been thinking about this all yeah, night. Please. <laughs> yeah, please. I wanted so, to bring this up. When earlier. I was watching the movie, I'm like, huh, that's weird. If the semi-truck drove past him, it would blow his hat forward, not backward. Oh, whatever. I'm sure they were filming this from a million different cameras and like they wanted to, they just wanted the best take or whatever. And so uh, uh, I just thought, oh, they had like a fan set up behind him to blow his hat. And that was it. Yeah, sure. And that, that's all. That's it. You know, I didn't think it was a complicated thing. And I'm reading the book and they're like, no. Uh, when I read in the script that his hat was supposed to blow off, I wanted it to fall towards the lens. And the production assistant is like, okay, but like when the truck comes from behind him, it's going to blow it forward. So we're going to need to set up something to make it fall the way you want if it's going to fall towards the lens. Dave Lynch is like, yeah, I want it to fall towards the lens. So they have a system of wires to pull it along. It's a practical effect. It's like the classic practical effect thing. You want someone to look, something to look like it was blown by the wind or or thrown or falls a certain distance. You just set it up with wires. And then you yank them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you yank them. And so... The, Ideally, most effects are yanked. <laughs> yeah, are pulled in some way. So uh, the production assistant is like, "Look, 
we spend so much time setting this up, and it's not even going to get into the movie. We, we, you can you can be willing to cut this. And then uh, David Lynch apparently said, how do you spell bullshit? Because yeah. this it's my movie, and it, this is going to make it into the movie. And so, <laughs> I and think that's such a powerful oh. thing to say because it doesn't quite make sense. Yeah. Say, <laughs> yeah. But you're like, I guess I don't get it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're you right, boss man. Bullshit? And this is something I was talking about a little bit off mic, is that all the stories of the actors and like uh, – and like, the, the workers who work with Lynch, like the musicians and actors and people like that who work with him are like, he was my favorite director and like person I've ever worked with. But anyone who has to make money or something happen for him. <laughs> anyone is, using him to make money. Yeah. Is, is going to have a bad <laughs> time. And this, this production assistant is just trying to make things uh, better and easier trying to smooth the production of things and he's like no i want the hat to go backwards I want the and, unrealistic yeah. thing that will be very hard to do and then but like when i was watching the movie that scene really stood out to me it's like a because like they, they make a point later of him like holding on to his hat when something yeah, so it doesn't falls, get blown by yeah, oh, past him. like it was like one of the things that that he is clearly thinking about and like you know, a scene where his hat falls off while he's on the riding mower, like, you might not think that matters at all, but, like, I, it was memorable to me, and I think that that really stood out. Um, it would have been a worse movie if that was cut. Yeah. More I, accurate. I, th- I, I think so. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I think I had something else to say, but that's... Um, uh, that sounds really, like a great really film. I, I had a really... Oh, oh, yeah, I remember it. So, it was right at the end. Uh, right at the end, they talked about how they were... You know, may, they made the journey along with Alvin Strait from Wisconsin to sure. Iowa yeah. to uh, to film this entire movie along his journey. And they, you know, built the set that was Lyle's house uh, for the final scene of the movie. And they got done with the set right as the sun is setting. Uh, as, so the sun is coming down. And they're like, all right, let's shoot it right now. And um, uh, Alvin calls out to his brother. Uh, there's no answer. Uh, the, the camera goes back to Alvin and when it looks back and his brother walks out, the sun dips down behind the roof yeah, that right oh, as yeah. it's happening. And they're like, the, in the book, they're like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't plan that. It was just the right exact time. And it we're just, like, if we hadn't done it this way, it wouldn't have happened exactly that way. And uh, we just happened yeah, really to good. work out in perfectly. In real time, man. Yeah. It's cool. It's, it's like, cause so many of his movies are like, not so much special effects fest. He does like his special effects, but it's mostly like practical stuff or in-camera stuff or weird like or no need. For yeah, no need, effects. no need to do like a, an, an effect. So the idea that it's like, oh yeah, we just we just took the whole camera crew along the road to the spots that we would need to be, and at the end of the movie, we were at the end of the shooting, and we got the last shot when the sun was the going last down. Shot was perfect yeah. as soon as the <laughs> yeah, yeah. sunset. That's magical. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. So yeah, I, I had a great time, and it's extremely surreal. Uh, watching a uh, watching a David Lynch movie on Disney Plus. Wow. It's on fucking Disney Plus. <laughs> yes, it is. What yeah. the hell? I love how you ended with that. I thought I wanted to end yeah. with that. That's, that's, that's crazy. the sun setting. The the perfect <laughs> shot of this podcast. It's the reason I chose my movie is because I could just stream it. How did you watch yours, Seb? I was tra- I straining had my to phone Amazon phone. Prime mm, rent it. Rent it. Yeah, that's uh, how we did I'm most things. They make all their money. Yeah. Sure, I got charged for that somehow. Anyway, <laughs> Alex, you what did you think of a simple plan? Or wait, no, the other. One. the other crime movie. I also just watched Fuck, The Alex Simple Plan. Yeah. Um, yep. Yes. So I watched one of the early Coen Brothers film. Their first, films. right? Oh, is it? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yes, um, it's their first. Oh, thank you. The story, the story about getting uh, a bunch of people in town to pay for the movie was from Blood Simple. Excellent. There we go. Oh, it is? Yes. Oh, I'm thinking uh, of the Evil Dead. Or the Evil Dead is the door-to-door one. salesman yeah. one. Yeah. 
Uh, um, by dentists, they call it. So yeah, I, so I watched Blood Simple because, um, as we established in the first segment, I, I like the Coen Brothers. I haven't seen enough of their movies, but um, I think uh, Nick, you watched this recently, and you had a lot of um, good things Cameron to say about it. I watched it when we were with our uh, parents in okay. uh, Galilee. Yeah, it stuck. It stuck out to me as oh, this is a a movie from a good set of directors that I really like, and it's one of their earlier works. I want to, I want an excuse to watch this, and that's what the episode you're listening to. That's how that came. That's out. where you are. It has right a now. really incredible yep. long shot in it. That was one of the only things I knew about <laughs> it before watching it, and it it holds up, man. I, yeah. I'm sure you've seen it. Like, yeah, this it's interesting in how they had they had the basic concept of most of their movies down right now, right right at the first one, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, usually uh, someone decides to commit a crime and then it goes very very badly. Uh, through a series of elaborate misunderstandings, um, mistaken identities, mm-hmm. and uh, other sorts of crime-adjacent assumptions. <laughs> Somebody makes an assumption that is way off, and it destroys their it's entire life and the lives of everyone think else. That someone else is dead when they aren't, but it should be. <laughs> uh, and that's such a like the, when they did that in this movie. I'm like, oh man, that's such a signature. Like I, I just see it all over cinema, but mm-hmm. I feel like they've done that a couple times mm-hmm. as the oh, I killed this guy, and then he's not actually dead. Yeah. Ah, uh, I love that. Um, so I, I don't know if I want to go through this whole thing, because it is a lot of, like, this movie is misunderstanding the film in a lot of ways, and they play with it in some very fun ways. That frustrates me so much, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, so there's a this character who is a nightclub owner, and uh, he has a wife, and um, one of the bartenders is, uh, is uh, sleeping with said wife. Um, he finds this out. And um, he hires a uh, very delightful uh, <laughs> Texas-style hitman. Character actor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to kill Boy him. hot Texas-style yep. hitman. <laughs> to kill him and his wife. Um, this is also the guy who was uh, he had hired as a private investigator to tail him. And he's just like, hey, can you kill him? And he's like, yeah, I will. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> the sure. sweatiest man alive. The sweatiest man with the biggest so, hat. So sweaty. Um, and so he sets out to kill him, but... It turns out he is um, he is setting up this guy, the nightclub owner who hired him. He takes some some photographs of them sleeping, doctors them to make it look like he killed them, and then takes this guy's money, uh, and then kills him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, and then he, oh, I'm sorry, he kills him with the wife's gun, which then makes the guy think that she killed him, mm-hmm. which then. For some reason, he moves the body and then buries it because I think he's covering for the wife. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then he's not really dead, which is great. Um, A fantastic scene where he's crawling out of the... He gets out of the car after being shot in the chest. Yeah. And crawls like towards an oncoming car. And they had the really tense thing in all of these movies where there's a car coming and they've got to, you know, quickly throw him back in the car or, you know, whatever. Um, I didn't really think of that as a signature, trouble. but it does show up in. Well, it's also in Fargo, was where yes. I was thinking of that. But yeah, uh, I really like. We also just watched a simple plan, a simple plan which is a Raimi yeah. movie, but it has a lot of Fargo um, influence. It's an early two thousands pop punk band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it it is like uncannily like Fargo to me, but I, I think it's just the Coen Brothers influence coming through in his work. Yeah. But that was also a, a book adaptation, so I don't know. Also, they live together. Yeah. Also, it's in snowy yeah. Minnesota. It's like there's so much connected to it. But, but they, they in that movie, they also do the guy's not dead yet thing. Too. And they also do finding a bunch of money that someone tried to stow. It's a, and that's a different podcast. Yeah. Anyway. But um, 
the, this movie is interesting. They have a, a great scene where the um, the guy buries the nightclub owner. That's the, uh, the, the famous like super long uh, shot from this movie. It's incredible. It's that, like it's like no dialogue. Twelve minutes long. Oh it God, is tense long as, as hell. Yeah, it wow. is crazy how he's, much tension they wring out of this dude burying this body. He's burying him because he's still alive. He doesn't mm-hmm. have the like the guts to just put him out of his misery, or maybe he doesn't want to. Because they leave it up for interpretation. I don't think he has the yeah. I don't think he has the guts to actually kill him himself. He's like, That's yeah, crazy. I can hide this body. But the second he starts crawling around, you can see that he's like, he totally loses nerve. He's like, oh, yeah. like, oh freaking out. Um, it's too late. Wow. So, I, yeah, I, yeah he, I saw this movie two years ago. I don't remember it. He's in part. a yeah. He's in a field in the middle of an empty field in the middle of the night, and he digs this guy uh, a, a very shallow grave and just starts shoveling dirt on him while he's alive. Like can't really speak because he got shot in the chest. Ugh. And he's just like spitting up dirt as he buries him alive. It's really good. Christ. Um, the kind of last act of this movie is interesting. The hitman, when he kills uh, the guy who hired him, um, leaves a uh, his like c- his fancy cigarette lighter, and he thinks that someone one of them took it. Uh, so he comes back for it. He looks around for it. He can't find it because it's underneath some fish, which is uh, <laughs> which is a plot point from earlier in the movie. A lot of fish yes. in play because he tells anyway the guy the guy the hitman tells him to go fishing so he won't be implicated on the crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does go fishing and, and leaves the fish and on the counter when he the shoots. fish back. And he's yeah, like, you didn't need to do all this <laughs> anyway. But he leaves this later in there, and that's another one of the huge misunderstandings in the movie is that. He goes back to try and find it, can't find it, and assumes that these guys took it. So he needs to take them out uh, because they have something that ties him to the yeah. The scene because of the crime. they could implicate him in this in this big crime. So uh, another really really good scene where um, the uh, the boyfriend, the guy who was cheating on the nightclub owner, gets uh, just absolutely owned. He, he they have like a a big kind of maybe a repurposed factory kind of apartment with huge open windows. And uh, he's paranoid at this point. He knows this guy's going to try and kill him. Uh, he comes in, and the girlfriend turns the lights on. And we can see that he's looking at him through a sniper rifle. He says, turn those lights off. And then the second they come back on, he gets shot in the chest. And uh. now she has to fend off the uh, crazed Texas gunman. Uh, a really, really good scene where the window she yeah. climbs out the window yeah. into the neighboring Terrifying. apartment. He sticks his hand around to try and get around, and she stabs it with a knife. Uh. And so he has his arm around into another apartment while it is stuck to the windowsill because his hand was stabbed through with a knife. Uh, He punches through the wall to free himself. Yeah. Uh, And the, the whole movie resolves with her shooting him and a fantastic, fantastic final line where she calls out uh, the very, very long dead nightclub owner. You can't come after me anymore. You know, it says his name. It's like Marty or Morty or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, he's like, I'll be sure to tell him that when I see him. And she, mm-hmm. She's like, what? Like, when I die, when I die and go to hell, I'll yeah. tell him. She, the whole movie, she didn't know this was the guy that was out going after mm-hmm. him for or, or going after her. It's everyone's trying to shoot each other for the wrong reason for they think he's someone else who's not alive. Everyone's it's just, following it's, me. Yeah. It's really elaborate. And it would I, I think if it were many other filmmakers, it would have been harder to keep track of all of that. But they do a great job of just through the through the filmmaking, through the cinematography kind of they show the lighter a bunch. They should they don't need to tell you that that's why he wants to kill him. But they make it very clear. 
Um, it's a lot of really fun misunderstandings and it's the kind of stuff that I see on their later films, but they uh, underline it a bit more. This movie is not as, uh, they don't play it for comedy as much, which I, I really like in Fargo. It's, it's, they're a little yeah, bit I more bumbling in that movie. Almost any comedy this is, in that movie. Well, this, so one of the things, and when we talked about Raising Arizona on our Raising Arizona episode, Oh, and Raising Arizona is Raising hilarious. Raising Arizona yeah. is, Fuck. was uh, like, you know, after they found moderate success with Blood Simple, they were like, let's do the opposite yeah. of Blood Simple. Blood Simple. Let's make these criminals very takes, endearing. takes this stuff deadly seriously. Yeah. Even though it's all a big misunderstanding. Like there's something that you could laugh at, but it's like in a like a ah ha ha I'm dead. It's a dramatic like, irony yeah. for you, the yeah. viewer. Yeah, yeah. I was it's, like, oh, he blew it instead of like, oh my god, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but Raising Arizona on on blank check, they they say an amazing feat of somehow making a child kidnapping movie a uh, comedy. Yes. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, great, movie. But great episode. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm very happy to have seen that thanks to our show. Yeah. Um, I re- you know I love these guys as directors. I think that's it's interesting that they have so much range in um, making kind of the same kind of movie a what lot. What's up with that? How do they keep getting away with it? <laughs> you can't they, keep getting away with it. They managed they to make it pretty it. fresh, and this first take did feel pretty different from what they go on to continue mm-hmm. to do. I think you're right, though. It's because of how serious it is. Like it feels more yes. about the levity yeah. doesn't come in until later, and they yeah. do make more serious movies. I mean. Uh, something that I brought up in our um, uh, Burn After Reading episode, there's a great interview with Tilda Swinton from that uh, from the press for that movie where she talks about how No Country for Old Men is maybe the Coen's darkest film, yeah, but oh, yeah. there are still moments of incredible humor in that. And Burn After Reading might be the Coen's funniest film, but there are moments of incredible bleakness and darkness <laughs> in that hell. movie. Yeah. Everyone lives in hell. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm I'm really happy to have filled in this little spot in my uh, in my uh, Cohen's filmography. That that it was um, very good. Maybe not up there because I like some of the comedy a little more. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I put it up there for me uh, as far as their favorites. But this was that was my first experience with watching a director that I really like early movie. There's yeah, there's some fantastic scenes and a lot of the like really good tension and really good dramatic irony in here from. Uh, all of these people <laughs> doing bad things for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's lovely. It's. Yeah. Were you happy with what all, what we all came back with for yeah. this episode? You no, think this was a success. This is fun. I wanted to do kind of another uh, another show and tell type episode because I had a lot of fun with our mm-hmm. Oscars episode. Um, and this is kind of a fast follow to that. It's only been a month or so. Yeah, but yeah, but uh, it's still fun to show and tell, like you said. Yeah, I it's we, we did just do this a... episode. Watch a movie from the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> We did just do another episode where we talked about movies, but I wanted to make it a little different because we do that so much. <laughs> Actually, I mean, uh, Alex breaks the trend because uh, Blood Simple's eighty four. So, oh, hey, nice. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. So we're not all the same person. Yes, yes. So I was uh, gonna I... say that would say something about us all. Those like those directors made movies when mm-hmm. we were, or, mm-hmm. you know, at an age. To... Mm-hmm. Coming back to them isn't unsettling because it's not too old. Well, a lot of the biggest directors right now got their start in the 90s. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's just, we're all around the same age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, this was fun. What are we doing next week? Well, it's funny you mentioned that, Cam, because I don't know if you noticed the number on this episode, but... Uh, Not the number in your feed, the number on the episode. (laughs) Number on the episode. This is episode 199, which means that the uh, long-coming episode... 
200 is oh, next week my and god uh something that i had been joking about nuggets. for a while will come <laughs> it's a to a downgrade head. from 300 <laughs> it's easier <laughs> it's easier yeah it's really... something that i've been joking about for a while let's come to a head i want us to rank our episodes i think that that is a funny idea whether we're ranking the concept of the episode, like the thing that we did or the episode themselves. I think the episode themselves. That's going to be up thing. to us. We're yes, going to be we right. It's yes. going to be a loose episode, guys. We yes. really don't have any concrete uh, decisions. Plan. That I, I plan have some or... ideas. We, but have a we, all, plan. we all have a lot of ideas. I'm sure it won't go wrong at all. How could this happen? Episode 100 turned out good. So, I mean, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, so I despite think all odds. Yeah. <laughs> boy, despite a global pandemic. Couldn't Against stop all couldn't odds. Couldn't keep us down. Turned yeah. out good. Check it out on YouTube. We have done a hundred fucking episodes since the since the oh god. remote. Oh god, uh, it hurts so much. <laughs> oh god, <laughs> time again. Yeah, the slow march down. It can't so, keep happening. Um, we we were we were uh, we've got more episodes to look forward to after that. Episode two hundred. We'll uh, be talking about a lot of the stuff that we've already done. But I hope that it will still be enjoyable, even if you have not been uh, sticking with us the whole we're gonna time. We're going to give you a short list of the good ones if you haven't listened to them. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll and let I you think know we might also give out. a very short list of the bad ones. <laughs> the, the ones that but you, you can't listen to. Listen to. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm you sure must. we can't avoid doing that. Uh, we can laugh at ourselves, I think. That's yeah. important. Yeah. Um, but we've after episode 200, we've got more coming up. Seb, you talked about wanting us to uh, make something on the computer. We are uh, doing some uh. digital baking and going <laughs> no, to Blender that. to make a donut. Last uh, time I made a donut in Blender, it did not turn out very well. <laughs> we all have to get like 10 of those written down. I think uh, Cam should do very well with this. <laughs> Cam is just going to try and make somehow make a donut I using will a Blender. If, if, Cam, if Cam comes in with like a real Blender with a real if like I need to deep donut fry a donut. I, I, I'll, I'll accept it. I mean, I it's will. a three D. It's a three dimensional donut. That's fine. I made it in Blender. <laughs> <laughs> the Blender contained two hundred degree oil. And after that, uh, the chickens are truly coming home to roost uh, with uh, Cam's Skate Two episode. Is yeah, that we're right? finally doing Skate Two. I went to San Francisco recently, and I was like, "Damn, this looks a lot like Skate yeah, 2 Yeah, he's like, "There are hills." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Hey, wait, oh, we haven't done Skate Two. Oh, There's hills. So oh, we're doing Skate Two. This is your new character. Oh, this is my new character." Skate the guy who likes skate too. Oh, I like skate oh, too. Skate too. It's me. Skate too. It's me. Skate too, yo. Oh, I'm tired. Uh, so let's. Uh, so thank you so much for to listening to our podcast. And we will see you next week with episode 200. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Nice. Nice. So long, Gabe Bowser.